2: So here we are, the match 2022, Uh, sorry for the lack of uh, MMA related podcast this week, I've been battling sickness and I still am battling sickness, so just give me credit, pat me on the back guys, I'm not going to let you down with this one, so the uh, jury versus Glover talk I'll save for the patron, I'll do that later on the week um, for all you lovely patrons out there, But um, I mean if you think I'm not going to talk about that one, one of the greatest fights of all time, you've got another thing coming. If I sound somewhat hoarse or croaky, apologies. As I say, I am battling sickness, Um, but we're here. It's the match. If something's going to perk you up, it's the best card of the year. It's the best card of a decade. It's the best fight that could be made in all of combat sports. For the the uninitiated, uh, the match is essentially a cross-promotion. We'll talk about more of it. Uh, as you see the brilliant guests that I've got lined up, the first guests we've ever had on this Combat Chronicles podcast. And I don't say we, it's just me, the first guest I've ever had on Combat Chronicles. Um, four wonderful guests. Um, I'll dip in and out to introduce them and, and whatnot. and uh, Hopefully this, this episode will be to your liking, but for the un- uninitiated, before we start talking and, and mention lots of um, foreign sounding names that you've never heard before, it's essentially K1 versus Rise, um, the one fighter that isn't, uh, you know, Rise is, is Kaito is fighting at Masakanoiri, and even Kaito, uh, even though he's from shootboxing, which is a sport I like and think is cool, but don't really follow. Um, he has fought for Rise as well, so even that's really Rise versus K1. But the what everyone wanted was Tenshin Naskawa versus Takaru, uh, the top fighter in Rise versus the top fighter in K1 is a little bit bigger, so he's making a concession in weight and rehydration. Um, tension's uh, on his way out of the sport, essentially, and, and Takaru maybe as well, win or lose. We're going to talk about all of that, um, probably ad infinitum with these guests. We go over the same topics uh, at times, but there's variety in it. There's some cool anecdotes unrelated to the match as well. This is basically a kickboxing and, to some extent, Muay Thai uh, wet dream, this this podcast. The guests I've got are fantastic. We've got historians. We've got former fighters. We've got... Well, we've got the dog man. He's just a dog man. Um, you know, he hosts his own kickboxing podcast. He knows effing everything about uh, the sport of kickboxing. Uh, and we've got the OG himself, Shunsuke, towards the end. So he's the best. Uh, obviously, he's trained. He's been to Japan to watch K1. Um, so many. If you follow him on Instagram... So many fighters love Shinsuke and his work, his incredible highlight packages that have been him, making him for the best part of 15 years, if not more. So without further ado, I'm going to stop waffling. Um, this card is mega and it's going to be hard to watch. You will find um, that we talk about, because these, these interviews have been recorded over the past four weeks or so, um, or three weeks, um, we have been talking about will there be an international deal, how we'll be able to watch it turns out at the moment you have to chance your arm with a stream or you're going to have to get a VPN, buy the pay-per-view on Abema. i say Abema because it's Japanese monosyllabic, but a lot of people call it Abema, which is the essentially like a Japanese live stream on Netflix. Um, I think the pay-per-view cost me about 40 US, so what, about 30, 30 pounds, 35 pounds, but about 40 US or thereabouts. Um, and hope that the VPN works on... Saturday night slash Sunday morning, depending on where you are in the world, because um, apparently, although the VPN has worked for me to get on Abima and you know test it out, apparently they're notoriously uh, sticky when it comes to VPNs for their pay-per-view. So, fingers crossed. Um, if not, we'll all be scrambling for for a stream on, on Sunday. And quite frankly, although that, that's usually illegal talk, fuck them. They, it, so much sort of um japanese businesses are so idiosyncratic but whatever the reason for not getting any sort of international broadcast for this which is just a mega fight and a mega card every single fight is tantalizing in some sort of way unless they're big hosses in which case we couldn't care less we don't care about japanese um uh, fatties um you know the fact they can't get anything um there is going to be some uh stream on youtube apparently so with vpn that will obviously be easily accessible uh, I don't know if Abima Is going to do it Internationally But with a VPN That would be easily accessible And that's going to be The first fight between Tension Nasakao's little brother And Rui Okubo Who's one of the best um, Prospects to come out of uh, The Koshin uh, Amateur system For, for a while um, So I think 2-0 Versus 1-0 and o, Really tantalising match And then The fight between Kaneko versus Suzuki Which is my number two most loved on this card. Just an absolute barn burner. So you better watch a couple. I assume they're doing that to sort of tantalise Japanese viewers into purchasing the pay-per-view. I just wish that they'd uh, let us purchase it. As I say, we're five minutes in. We haven't had a single guest. And this is an epic podcast. So without further ado, it's my main man, Luca Bordon. We go way back. I'm sure we talk about it. Um, but here he is. So we go to the guest portion of the big podcast about the match, and is my main man, Luca Bardon. Luca, please introduce yourself to those that are living under a rock that haven't got a fucking clue who you are. Uh,
3: so I'm Luca Bardon, I'm a kickboxing writer and podcaster, I have a French podcast, O uh, Bordering, which is mostly about kickboxing, but we also talk about Muay Thai, uh, a bit of MMA and boxing here and there. Gosh. I used to write... No, they
2: were, they were, they were, they would know all this, brother. If they if they, if they subscribe to the Patreon, they already would have heard you say all that on our yeah. podcast from a couple of weeks back about Alvin Prouder and Bob Furman. But obviously, anyone listening to this is a fucking cheapskate. Come on, they gotta <laughs> sign up to the tell them, they gotta sign up to the Patreon, man. There's all this sort of cool uh, stuff we're already putting out.
3: Yeah. Sign up for, uh, for Patreon And uh, yeah, I used to write for Bloody Elbow. I think I wrote, I've written for Fight Sight a little bit. I'm not sure I've even written, actually written for Fight Sight.
2: You contributed to some predictions. And obviously you did uh, some podcasts uh, with us. I did some podcasts,
3: did. but I don't, think, I, I don't think I've written a full piece for, uh, for Fight Sight. For uh, let's, uh,
2: um, let's actually scale back to that, because I think it's an interesting point. We collaborated on a... We did a whole host of stuff to honour the great career... Of the famously one of my most hated fighters, who, as you know, I begrudgingly respect, Giorgio Petrosian.
1: Yeah.
4: Who, uh, as, as long as we've long. known
2: each other, yeah, as long as we've known each other, I've hated him. Um, but in that week, we we actually uh, you contributed, and our good friend Bubba contributed, and I wrote a piece about Petrosian versus Buakaw, which is one of the great super fights in the history of kickboxing. Would you agree?
3: Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: However. Of- it was not. It was retrospectively seen as a super fight because at the time Petrosian was respected, but he was not the big name that he would become. Buakau yeah, he was, was still a prospect. Yeah, he was still a prospect. He was respected amongst kickboxing circles. Buakaw was the biggest name in the sport at that point, uh, and was just a you know a, probably a global phenomenon in a way that kickboxing hasn't really seen since. Uh, uh, maybe. Badrari maybe
3: but
2: he, he, yeah, yeah sure sure but yeah you know, Buakal was on the side of Thai Airways airplanes you know he was a yeah. he's a big name he had the he had the right look in fact K1 only originally brought him in because he had the right look because he looked like a, uh, a Thai villager from the poor side and he had really loud sounding kicks uh, they bit off a little bit more they could chew and he uh, dominated the sport for a quite a while Then kicked the fuck out of loads of people including some Japanese um, however now We've got two guys coming into a fight where we both know they're superstars. We both know how good they are. And they're both Japanese. K1 has changed uh, a huge amount since the Burakal petrosian fight, uh, which was in Sweden, because at that point, K1 was a really big global force. And now, uh, at time of recording, we don't even know if we're going to be able to watch this fight legally um uh, i imagine that they're going to get it on live now or fight tv or some at the time of recording, Yeah,
3: my, my, in may my guess would be fight tv
2: but you know um rising uh, of which uh, sakakibara has been uh, running although apparently he has recently said he's not an employee of rising we'll get to that in a second um have got a deal in in, in uh, sort of i think uh, international lands with uh, live now which is which is okay um nice hd steady streams uh, for some of us this fight is huge. It's at the time of recording. It's perilously uh, perilously close to collapsing due to yet another, believe it or not, Japanese yakuza uh, combat sports scandal. Um, but they're billing it as the match. And you've had this tweet pinned for fucking years now. Tell uh, us about 20 what this fight in 2017. But you've wanted it for longer. Look, it's it's Takeru multi-weight K1 champion versus Tenshin, who has been. Probably the most oh, say internationally renowned kickboxer for years now. Um, since he was a teenage prospect, um, he's undefeated in, in, in professional kickboxing competition, at least uh, in terms of official results. takeru has got a couple of early career losses, but he's generally been uh, tearing through the weights for years. So tell me. Yeah, I
3: think the last time he lost was 24,
2: 2013, maybe 2012. 2013, yeah. He has one loss to a uh, only one TKO loss, which was to a, a cut um, early on in his career. He's wow, basically what, one of the greatest chins in uh, pound for pound in all of combat sports. So why don't you tell everyone? Uh, the, the question I'm, I'm going to pose the same questions to all of the guests. What does the match mean to you? Uh,
3: it's uh, maybe two two of the best uh, the two best fighters of uh, Japan's greatest generation of boxers fighting each other after five years so more than that maybe uh, so i have the tweet since 2017 so i've been, i must have been thinking about it for at least a year before that so from from six six years of weight because they were in, in rival promotions uh, tension was in rise and uh takeru obviously was in k1 and uh takeru is the most exciting fighter i think uh a sort of sort of uh justin Gegie if he was the champion for uh since seven years in three in three divisions. In terms of excitement and uh and he's, he's a bit better. I, I, I don't want to uh, the, the, the yeah, he, yeah, he, is he's not term-
2: just a slugger, he's more refined.
3: Yeah, but in terms of uh you you know uh a guy that just loves to fight a lot of people are fighters, and uh, but they don't love to be, to be in, in a brawl, in in a tough fight. Nobody really likes that, except maybe uh, Takeru and uh, Gedo. Actually, uh, actually, I don't
2: know. I, I mean, Takeru is 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 an insane uh, action fighter, but as I alluded to, his, his chin appears to be pretty much undentable. Um, he, he does sometimes take shots and react to them. Um, oftentimes you often hear it, It's a cliche. Oh, he's smiling, which means, uh, he felt that. Well, whilst that may be true, if you get into a shootout with Takeru, you're suicidal. Um, we saw that again. Yeah yeah, yeah, no, no, no. yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you're going to go down. Um, what's really interesting, um, is that I think that Takeru is, is your prototypical, uh, Kiyokushin, uh, Karateka sort of a crossover. He's aggressive. He likes to fight in close. Um, Tension is somewhat, I wouldn't say uh, of an anomaly, but very skilled, fast uh, kicks, fast hands, flashy style, uh, can fight on the outside, good pocket boxer. What is it about tension that makes him so miraculous? It's not just the record. What is it about it makes him such a miraculous fighter? He
3: has the most uh, varied offensive palette in kickboxing history. All the things he can do, he's got knees, he's got kicks, he's got um, uh, ju- jumping, he's got flying spinning kicks, yeah. he's got sunshine kicks, and he's, he's all used them, they're, they're not gimmicks. Circles back to what I said a few weeks ago, I guess now, about uh, Demetrius Sabanas and the, the spinning kicks. All the flashy stuff from uh, from Tetshin, generally it lands and, or, or it has an effect. I think he he cut uh, was it Swakim? He cut with uh, with the Sunshine kick. Yeah. So yeah, he, he, he just there's so many ways he can he can hurt you. At least he could when he was. Uh, I don't want to say his prime because the guy is 23, but uh, when he was at his, when he, when he's at his best.
2: Well, that's the interesting thing. And that's a you've just in two set two essentially a couple of sentences. You've touched on the big X factor about this fight, which is you're right. Tension, one of the most uh, the most insane variety, offensive output variety of probably any fighter I've ever seen in combat sports. However, is he still in his prime physically? And also, is it does he look to be not in his prime? Because in recent fights, His offensive variety has become much more limited. We know that he's going to move into boxing soon and he seems a lot more boxing centric in his uh, output as of late, which, as we just alluded to, would be suicide against Takeru. So what do you think about tension going into this fight stylistically? And also, do you think that he is still in his prime?
3: uh i i need more evidence to say he's not in his prime because he hasn't been fighting fighters that could really threaten him but yeah if, if the tension of his last let three or four fights shows up to,
2: against uh against uh takeru i think takeru is knocking him out what do you think about the weight do you think takeru is going to be okay he's done a sort of test weight cut uh, he's got what is it down 58, what?
3: 58, 58 kilos and uh, cut, he can be higher than off. 62 on the on the day off I it's
2: think
3: he can make
2: it 4 pounds or something
3: yeah yeah I think he can, he can still make it I think it's going to be a tough cut because uh, Takiro started at 55 kilos he started at 58 yeah, he, went down to, he, he went down to 55 I don't think he could ever make 55 now I don't know how he made 55 back then but 58 I think he can make but, yeah, it's going to be a tough cut. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've switched on that fight a lot. Uh, Earlier on, I thought uh, Tenshin's variety was too much. Maybe he'd get to him. And uh, But now I think Takeru is just too big for him because uh, Tenshin has been fighting at 58 uh, for pretty much his whole career, but he could still make 55 uh, if he wanted to rather easily.
2: What I'm going to do hey, is sorry. I'm going uh, to have all the guests give their predictions and everything as we go through the conversation. But I'm actually going to refrain from offering mine until the end of the podcast, because uh, I'm obviously going to do more tape study. I'm going to hear everyone else's opinions and, and absorb that. And then eventually spit out my own opinion right at the end. And, and then we'll see how, how wrong I can be. It will stay in fresh in everyone's memory. But um, I, 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 agree with your reads on the fight. Um, I think that a couple of years ago, I'd have been more worried for Takeru because he is so, uh, Although he's actually he's got some good spinning attacks, and he is he's a decent enough kicker, um, and obviously in close with the knees, you know he's a really powerful striker. He is genuinely a sort of uh, straight on, come forward fighter. And tension, a lot of lateral movement, a lot of quick back steps, as you say, the kicks, uh, moving uh, guys that will try and, and, and follow him over to his left, it, it'll crack him with kicks, etc. etc. Likewise, whichever way you go, he's got so many different ways of attacking you. The roll in thunder, famously, um, you know, so many different, and you, as you said earlier, the Senchai kick, um, so many different things that he can do that I would have thought for a fighter who's so straight on like Takeru, he's going to get carved up. But actually, in recent times, we've seen Tenshin have a more boxing uh, centred output, and I don't think he has. I know what you said about needing more evidence, but for me personally, he seems a bit more hittable as a late. He doesn't appear to yeah. be as reflexively gifted as he has been in the past, where he was a bit like uh, a bit like watching someone in the Matrix. You know, he was so quick, um, and I think he seems a little bit more static now. Not so much yeah. in not trying to move, but he doesn't get out of, out of the way of shots as he, as you used to. I mean, we've seen him have some pretty competitive fights recently. Yeah, yeah, and it's
3: it's it's, it's, it's um. I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah. I, what I meant uh, when I said when I said I need more evidence is that I need to see him against a real real top fighter and see if that doesn't light the fire under his ass. Because like,
2: well, we're going uh, s- we're gonna we're gonna yeah. see him against a top fighter. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah. Well, we're uh, almost certain that he's going to leave the sport, right? Do you think that Takeru will leave the sport, win or lose? I'm not sure if
3: he'll leave. Uh, There's a lot of speculation that that he'll retire after after the fight. But he's talked about Jonathan Jonathan Agherty in in one. And the the fight was already announced. So, Uh, I don't know. Maybe he'll retire. I'm not entirely sure. And I think it'd be a shame if he retired because there's like... um, a new generation of fighters that he hasn't fought coming up to anyone, like the Asaïsa Brothers particularly. Like, he's got people to fight, but as, uh, I think he's like, he's from 91, so just one year younger than me. So he's 31 this year. Yeah. Yeah, he has a lot of fights. Uh, He's been fighting since 2009, I think. And, yeah, he's gonna be, uh, and, japanese fighters like masato tend to tends to uh, tend to retire young because they have a lot of fights and uh when you have the style taker was i don't think it's really healthy to to fight that much beyond beyond your 40s well i
2: mean if you look at- their careers, they had masses of amateur fights. I mean tensions at, you know, total well over a hundred bouts. Um more more what we would typically think of from, you know, TIE fighters who have had hundreds and hundreds of bouts. If you had these guys up, I mean we're looking, you know, well over two hundred bouts altogether. Um you spoke earlier actually about this golden age of Japanese kickboxing. Um we've spoken before About how the original K1 uh, combat sports boom in Japan, Uh, they all sort of died around a similar time. We had Pride fall out of bed, K1 sadly followed a couple years later. They kind of started along until 2012, but you know the last K1 K1 Max was 2010. Uh, The last great one, you know, the the, the last Uh, really good one was it 2009? No, it was 20. no, 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 2010.
3: 2010,
2: you're right. Yeah, 2010 but, yeah was- 2010. but K1 started along for a couple more years. Then obviously, uh, it basically dissolved. And the the K1 we see now is essentially a different organization leasing the K1 name from the global holdings company, which is based, I believe, in Hong Kong. And essentially, this new K1 focuses rather than the big pageantry massive uh big uh cartoon character almost uh street fighter style tournaments of the 90s and 2000s it's mainly japanese based they do get over some imported fighters from other countries usually to get their asses kicked obviously in the higher weight classes uh generally there are more uh, uh foreigners um they do still do heavyweight uh, unfortunately because it's not yeah, any 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 nice. sort of heavyweights worth of assault are mainly in Glory and the heavyweights in K1, the likes of uh, Kiotaro and that, not really my bag as you know, mate. Um, but you said golden age of Japanese fighters, it's absolutely true. We've got all these karate kids essentially uh, kicking seven bows out of each other, and what we've come down to here is tensions beat pretty much everyone in all the brackets in Rise. Sakeru has beaten pretty much everyone in all the brackets in K1 and although they're slightly apart in terms of weight they've they've mixed in the same circles and this is essentially you know the culmination of two humongous elimination tournaments over many many years and we're finally going to yeah. get to find out who the best pound for pound is of this golden generation.
3: Yeah and maybe uh, who the best Japanese fighter of all time is because uh, I think it's between uh, Masato and Toshi Fujiwara but
2: let me ask you a question then because you are the in my opinion the preeminent kickboxing historian and i know that'll make you cringe but i think it's true Um, <laughs> uh, you've done a lot of research into the history of, of all sorts of uh you, know, you even know about savat, you know it's about you know full contact as we've spoken about before you obviously muay thai you and i have been speaking about for years kickboxing etc etc let's say I'm going to put a, a difficult hypothetical with you here because this is such an open-ended question, but mm-hmm. let's say that either Tension or Takero wins cleanly in a good fight, there's no questions whatsoever. Adding that win to what you know of each of their careers, where could they potentially rank for you on a list of all-time great kickboxers?
3: Mm, top, 10, maybe, top, top 10,
2: maybe top 5. Top 5? Yeah. Who are your best? Obviously, unless hoost is up there for you, yeah, Georgia Petrosian, Buakau. Yeah, Who else? Buakau, uh, Rob Kamen. Yeah, Rob, Rob Kaman, of course.
3: Really uh, so, how I many is that? Three, four? Uh, That's up. We've got Buakau, same, yeah.
2: Georgia, hoost, Rob Kaman.
1: Yeah.
3: Maybe there's a spot for someone in Yeah. yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe. 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 I, I, I'd say conservatively top 10 i think maybe there's a chance for top five i think
2: given the fact given the fact obviously that um as we said we've said before kickboxing used to be a much bigger sport in terms of global attention um now it's splinted over lots of different organizations none of which have got the clout of what uh k1 had in the in the 90s and into the 2000s especially especially in the 90s um do you think that this is the? it's a big deal in Japan. Ringside seats are going for twenty five, the equivalent of twenty five thousand dollars, which I think, for you know, considering how big the Japanese combat sports boom was, I haven't heard of ticket prices like that in a long, long time. Um, not even for Tension's uh, uh, fateful uh, meeting with Floyd Mayweather in that uh, quote unquote <sighs> exhibition, where he ended up trying a bit too hard and got fucking beat up. Um, uh, well, wow, we all know that was a fixed fight. Uh, I've had plenty of idiots tell me online that that's not how, you, how a 122-pounder oh, reacts. Yeah, I know, yeah. I'd, I'd like to let someone else get twatted by Floyd Mayweather and see how they react. I've heard that. Be, yeah. Floyd's not even a big puncher. It's like he's fucking fighting a super on weight, essentially, do you know what I mean? Like, Fucking hell. Yeah. Can you imagine how Roman Gonzalez or someone would, you know, obviously he's 115 pound there. He's a great boxer. If Floyd hit him, Floyd was like a fucking light middleweight in that fight. Um, But yeah, that wasn't, that, that caught some sort of global attention as a kind of uh, circus show fight. Obviously, this isn't going to be as big as uh, some of the K1 events. Um, Certainly it's big in Japan. But in terms of how important this fight is, um, how big it is in terms of, for me, this is a bit like a, a Pacquiao Mayweather, of yeah. of kickboxing, is that fair to say?
3: Yeah, it's absolutely it's it's absolutely a it's an easy comparison because uh, obviously it's the the fight people have been. How long have we waited for
2: Mayweather uh, uh, Pacquiao? Eight? Well, ten uh, years? We really mm-hmm. wanted it from two thousand and eight two thousand and nine, and we
3: got it in what two
2: thousand and fifteen? Was it two thousand
3: and fifteen? Yeah, two thousand and fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: so similar yeah, similar uh, similar amount of time.
3: Similar, well, similar amount of time. Uh, similar uh, point for point placement. I think you, 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 you'd, Uh, I think beyond beyond kick uh, has them one and two at the moment on the point for point, for
2: point, for point for list. No, they don't. Uh, they don't. They don't. They do They have super. number one. Rightly so. Oh
3: yeah, 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 rightly so. But I think you,
2: you if there
3: were <laughs> many point for point lists uh, published for uh, for kickboxing, I think you'd see them at, at the top. Uh, on some, at least. But yeah, I don't think uh, in in terms of uh, I think Masato's retirement was was big in terms of impact, but it wasn't uh, since it wasn't against uh, Petrosian, it was against Storer because Petrosian was injured. It's a bit less, and maybe in terms of impact, uh, I think uh, on Duke's final against Bernardo in terms of importance of the sport because uh, I, yes. I I. I'm not sure we we get the same K1 if uh, if Andiuk doesn't win it in uh, in '96.
2: I think it's hard for people to realise the two fighters that you've just mentioned how big they were in Japan. Um, if anyone's seen like you know Shibuya Crossing or something, and the big billboards you get down there, it's similar to like a Japanese Piccadilly Circus with these uh, or Times Square, and um, you would have seen Masato on billboards. He was a mega. He's, it's so hard to encapsulate to people what a mega star Masato was in Japan and Andy Oog as well, because they are just, you know, they were Andy Oog was so loved in, in Japan and uh, large in life sort of uh, look and build. And they just they loved him, the blue eyed samurai. But Masato, I mean, he was a megastar and tension in Takeru. The fact they're as big as they are. Um, They've got that kind of J-pop kind of look going on, Uh, you know, crossover star kind of look. I mean, uh, Takeru looks like he could easily be in a boy band. He's a a bit of a heartthrob. He actually does sing as well. Um, Tenshin, eh, he's not as cute, but, you know, he's kind of cool. uh, Colourful hair and whatnot. Um, So these guys have got um, appeal, as I say, 25,000 for a ringside seat. Um, But the sport isn't as big as it used to be, even though these guys have got a good following. But it is at the Tokyo Dome, which... We've had many great nights there, and um, I think it's going to be a banger. As I say, I'm not going to offer my prediction. I think you know which way I'm going to go, but, yeah. um, but at the end of the day, <coughs> I, I think it's amazing, and I just hope that between recording and the fight happening, that this yakuza business doesn't fucking yeah. you know bankrupt another sport.
3: Oh, I'll, I'll book up to there just after. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess if worse comes to worse, I'm sure the money's come from somewhere nefarious, but if worse comes to worse, they can make it some kind of rise K1 co-promotion and just get rid of Sakakibara and any yeah. kind of rising influence whatsoever. Um, uh, this guy is just fucking, I love the guy, but he's a god goddamn idiot. We know that. Um, he's like the Frank Warren of, uh, of Japanese combat sports. He, I don't know where he gets his money from. Uh, usually somewhere extremely dodgy. It's crazy, you know. We've got the Daniel Kinahan thing going in boxing and yet another Yakuza scandal in uh, J Kick or indeed Japanese combat sports. Nothing changes, man. This has been happening for fucking so many decades now. It's the same shit every time. Yeah. Combat
3: sports.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Being a combat sports fan is great. But uh, yeah, I think this is the the biggest fight in combat sports all year. 100%. There's nothing else I'm looking forward to more. I know you're in exactly the same camp. Um, and yeah, so this come on, let's get let's get a final prediction. A final prediction. Uh, you you've got to swear by
3: it. Uh can't second.
2: Hand. Again, I'm not off from my prediction, but I love that. I love that shit. Um I I just can't wait, man. It's gonna be unbelievable. By the time yeah. anyone's listening to this, we'll be right around the corner.
3: Can't wait to be at that time because uh, I won't say when we're recording, but it's quite 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 a way
2: now. It's quite a way away. Um, we are in May, um, but it's on a Sunday, which is great. Nice Sunday morning uh, fight. It doesn't really get much better. Japanese combat sports, as you know, the pageantry and you know the spectacle is so fucking amazing. And I think I don't think either you or me or anyone else on the, on this, uh, appearing on this podcast is going to really believe it's true until the first strikes are thrown and then we'll know. We're yeah, well, well,
3: when they're in the ring, I believe it, but uh, until then, I'm just,
2: yeah, cool, as I say it's happening. <laughs> I yeah, it, yeah. Like, too many false starts, man. Too many false starts. As always, brother, thank you so much for popping on, Luca, and uh, where can people find you if they uh, if they don't already know you uh, on Twitter? Uh, Luca, Luca Bourdon with an underscore between Luca and Bourdon. I will, of course, link it in the description. Thank you, man. And uh, I'll be back in a moment with another guest. And until next time, thank you so much.
3: Thank you for having me, mate. Always a great pleasure to be uh, talking with you.
2: Thank you, brother. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you online in a minute, no doubt. Yeah,
4: see
1: you,
5: mate. Thanks, mate. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
2: <requoise> the next guest is the dog man himself. Um, he hosts a podcast about kickboxing and he wrote the legendary article on Takaru versus Leona Pettis which was featured on my um, old stomping grounds the fight site. So if you've read that, um, you'll know what to expect from him. He's just absolutely brilliant um, at articulating what makes this sport so great, um, the sport of kickboxing, especially Japanese kickboxing. If you haven't read it, go and read it now and then come back to this podcast because it will really give you a grounding for who we're about to speak to. I'll put the links to everyone's social media and whatnot, and uh, you can find a podcast about kickboxing on Apple uh I think Apple and Spotify, but definitely Apple uh, and SoundCloud and other such places. But absolutely superb. Love it. Love it. Um, Get some really good guests on there. And it's just uh, it's the best podcast about kickboxing, even though it's hardly had any episodes. Um, Highly recommended. Here he is. How do you want me to introduce you anyway?
0: Uh, I had not considered that at all. I have no answer for that. Uh, I'm just one of the, the six guys that talks about kickboxing. And uh if it ever extends beyond six, you can rest assured that is just someone changing their identity.
2: Well, there is that. Um, well you are obviously well known as the dogman. I say well known again, amongst the fifteen of us that actually talk about kickboxing, <laughs> there's six people that cover it and there's only about fifteen to twenty of us that actually talk about it. Um so you are obviously known as as dogman. Um, your real name I will not mention, but you, you are credited as such on the uh somewhat famous uh, Takeru uh, Leona uh, Leona Pettis uh, article which he did for the fight site, the establishment that I used to that I founded and and, and used to work for Um, but obviously you are now on the Combat Chronicles special edition podcast of The Match Um, and we must make that distinction, it is the match and not the fight Mm
1: -hmm. not the
2: contest, not the bout not the J kick uh spectacular is the match so question is what does the match mean to you
0: so principally right this is you know this is going to be a what 10 15 fight card when all is like said and done but yep. uh like the the main event i do not actually expect to be the crowning achievement of this thing like uh i mean to you know what does it mean like outside of petrosian right the uh, the concept of an undefeated kickboxer or uh, you know undefeated with an asterisk kickboxer has just not been seen and to have two of them pop up at the same time in more or less the same weight uh you know like historically the way this stuff worked was uh you had a yearly like grand prix and people didn't care who you know came out of it with losses so the the statistic that was always pushed was like the the KO ratio you know so it's uh it's new territory um but obviously it's also coming to an end so it it represents to me what it represents honestly is you know when uh Masato retired Uh, The nexus of talent in Japan was all at 70 kg, like everyone who was within spitting distance or, you know, people who would, you know, weigh in, but actually be like 65, everybody wanted to get there because that's where they could make money. And then, you know, towards the end, the, the death of FEG, they sort of raised this flag and said like, hey, if you're like 63, 60 kgs, there is money to be made for you in the future. And then it all died. And they'd been like establishing this pipeline of, uh, you know, teenagers. Um, and we saw, you know, obviously the the rise of Masaki Noiti. Uh, but I think honestly, you know, even though these two men are of different ages, they're kind of different generations, they represent um, the the sort of end stage of this faltering attempt to institute something new, cultivate a base of uh, like un, un, uh, God, unpicked talent, um, which goes through these Really quite insanely difficult tournaments for like 15, 16 year olds. And you see, you know, tension came up through this. He obviously established himself as a potential star very early. Takaru, different story, uh, you know, was uh kind of a, a runner-up, also ran kind of guy, didn't qualify for the the Koshen finals, uh, but was still you know, plying his trade, going to Thailand and training, he was definitely a guy who was like, I have to be a professional kickboxer. And now these guys, they're like the cream of the crop of their two respective arms of Japanese kickboxing, which for my money has been the most, uh, the most entertaining combat sports uh, product of the last five years. It has been you know, it the money dried up, the talent pool got smaller, but people kept on going. And it's largely been people who have a tremendous amount of passion to the, you know, to the extent that most of these people now are required to have jobs. There's like been a real regression from the the uh pay of the past. And it's just exclusively now manned by people who are either You know teenage sensations who outgrow the sport like tension or people like takaru who have a goal have something they want to do and like chase after it with all their heart it's yeah it's it just sort of encompasses all of these different threads that have been going on since basically since feg died and i think what's kind of great and tragic is that it represents a summit like you know now we've we've got this big payday happening we have these two opposed organizations uh co-promoting but also as soon as this is over there's going to be that regression again like what is the what is the next big thing here it's actually it represents a new height and also we know that it will be receding from this watermark so it is you know that's that's what it means but i think what is ultimately going to transpire i think uh, like yes, this is what people will all be be watching this is the one part of it that you know is uh has the interest from fuji t v but I don't think the match quote unquote the match you know is gonna be the uh the most important the most shared the most talked about the most interesting thing on the night. I think they've done a real real good job of you know setting up something for the future um and like showcasing all of these other talents so it's just a really remarkably uh, an an unusual co-promotion which has potential legs. And it's not just some short-sighted slamming together of these two things. It is really, uh, you know, again, like I said, with with these two guys being something that we just don't see, this is also something that we just don't see. It is all uncharted territory. So it's very exciting.
2: It's given me the feeling, um, and uh, it's mad. We've known each other for a while now, but – no very very you are a very, very mysterious uh you know canine stroke man but um <laughs> i get the feeling that like myself you are a should we say a more mature combat sports fan and
0: i am yes, I'm a man of a fe- certain age
2: yes you are a man of a certain age like myself and um i am very much getting the feeling of those dynamite cards i'm getting a feeling of you know the last time K1 was really, really huge when they were putting on these mega cards, obviously crossovers with Pride, Max tournaments, you talk about the Masato era, that was the last time really when K1 really did rule the world. Um, and they kind of lucked into the uh, the Max era because they had some really good fighters, but Buakau was obviously a massive uh, transcendent sp- star as well, all across Southeast Asia and uh, you know, I remember the I think I said this on another chat, but the, the Thai Airways with Buakau on the side of the airplane, and and Buakau was not brought in to be a massive star. He was brought in because he he looked the part, and um they kind of lucked into that era with so much intrigue and so many exciting fights. But Masato was a was a mega star, and I try to explain to combat sports fans, but um I don't think they realize how huge uh, K1 was in the '90s and. Most of the 2000s uh, certainly tapered off a bit towards the end. Um, you watch some of those later Max tournaments, and they're a bit sad to watch because there's about mm. 1500 people in there. Um, so this is, I think you've raised a really interesting point. This is giving me the feeling of those cards, but this is almost like I hate, the phrase is so uh, sort of trite usually, but end of an era. This yeah. does feel like the end of an era because one of the one of the guys is. In his early 30s and has had a uh, a pretty long and, uh, you know, action filled career and uh, from and actually we need to mention the fact that you host the uh, sporadically produced but always entertaining a podcast about kickboxing
0: um shout out to that i have i have finally figured out how to get it on uh platforms people can use so i'm hoping to yeah still sporadically and still unprofessionally uh treat this with a, a modicum of professionalism so maybe maybe more stuff will be happening but no schedule you should listen if you have two hours to kill uh but yeah it's good fun being
2: too modest i highly recommend that for anyone who's looking to to get into you know especially J kick scene but kickboxing as a whole um because it's you know you don't really get um authoritative uh uh western uh pundits really and uh, i think it's really important but, but one thing that's mentioned on that and still tying into my talk about takaru here is that he's been essentially eating fuck all for about six months um this feels like the final sort of uh, shootout for a, for a veteran gunslinger. And then you've got tension who it's weird. I'm actually going to ask you this in a second, but I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it. I'm um, tension. Is clearly got one foot out of the door or out, out of the ring. Rather. That's not fair. Cause he's not got one foot out of the ring. He's very much staying in the ring, but he's putting shoes on now um, because he's going to go over into boxing. If all reports are true. And we're going to talk about the dynamic of the fight itself um, in a minute, because I think that's, Probably one of the most interesting things about this fight is where the fuck these two guys actually are. Um, but, um, you know, is it is it too late? But we'll get to that in a second. But tension himself, I mean, he's clearly a megastar and making way more than, than Masato ever made. But he doesn't feel to me like... Like Masato was generally felt huge at the time. Do you think the tension is, is genuinely bigger? Or as the uh, combat sports boom... I mean, obviously this card... Is a massive deal but the combat sports as a whole the boom of the 90s and 2000s i think that was so big in japan i wonder if anyone could really become as big a star as messiah was ever again where do you stand so on
0: that? yeah i don't think anyone can for a couple of good reasons one is you know when when pride died the principal reason they died obviously is the yakuza scandal right but uh the, fact, the real we haven't got
2: anything like going on to that
0: Oh fuck. Oh fuck. We have. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. But like the the principal reason is that you know their TV distribution got pulled and you know. you know what was the capacity of the public or the uh you know the willingness to pay for the product to like watch the the pay-per-views, you know. And back in those days it was you know pretty thin on the ground. You could not sustain an organization like that but now the media uh landscape is completely different like rise and k1 are essentially uh being strung along by a big sugar daddy the uh the abema uh, broadcasting system which is you know in itself a very weird proposition it's you know one of these uber style um we will pay billions of dollars to become market leaders uh lose a shitload of money Um, But in the end, we will have this space all for ourselves. And their play is that they do, you know, online streaming, but they don't do catch up VOD stuff. It is all linear TV programming. And it's like
2: live Netflix. It's like live Netflix, essentially.
0: yeah, Yeah. So like their their value proposition when it started didn't make any sense at all. Now everybody has, you know, a television which has more processing power than uh, like every computer in the world put together when Pride died, right? So everybody can access this stuff. It is it is very easy uh, to get. So, you know, one of the the knock-on effects of that is, uh, you know, when when uh, Pride and K1 were on network television, I mean, K1 had a really interesting dynamic in that they were both on Fuji with regular K1 and uh, TBS with the Mac stuff. So... Yeah they had a weird dynamic where they would kind of play the networks off against each other. And, you know, for, uh, for dynamite would, um, you know, grab the, the, uh, people who were principally on the other television channel. So, but now this, this doesn't exist. And actually this, you know, sort of invisible war between the two arms of, you know, the successful big Japanese kickboxing promotions are essentially funded by the same people. They're on the same network. Uh, and it's sort of led up to this. Um, but, yeah like nobody can have the kind of mind share that the successful kaktogi boom people had simply because uh it's a sustainable product now so it is you know a a uh, very lean product it is obviously a lot less money going to the fighters than than back then but uh, it is sustainable in a way that the previous operations were not like even without major scandals um i mean feg was born from a a major scandal but like they were really bad with finances they just didn't pay a huge amount of people and it all collapsed because you know they were gambling and betting on tv being the big thing moving forward and ryzen who is like the the uncomfortable third man in the gangbang here uh their whole thing is that they control basically the gateway to fuji tv Uh, But if you look at what, uh, you know, what actually sustains their organization, what keeps the the doors in in Ryzen open, I think they only have like one Fuji broadcast a year. And I guess this is going to be that unless they have another year end card. So, like, actually, you can monetize fans. You can build a product uh, with a smaller but more dedicated fan base. So I, I just I don't think people will. Will reach that level of public consciousness. I think tension has, to a degree, uh, you know, through being featured on on Fuji and uh, uh, certain magazines regarding certain things in his private life. But, uh, but
1: okay.
0: yeah, but yeah, I, I just don't think it's possible for anyone to break through uh, in the way that it was back then, simply because it is much more fragmented, uh, much more direct to consumer than it was. Which is particularly
2: weird when you consider the two things. A yes uh tension likes a uh, well a trip to Sapeland as we know. Um uh Takaru looks like the, the the most handsome member of your your second favourite J pop band and uh you know he's been on you know their equivalent Ninja Warrior he does you know singing on T V and everything. He should be well by all accounts a massive star. But um, K one as we know it today of course is not the k1 that we grew up with essentially it's a you know it's it's the old brand essentially on a on a, on a new product and, and a new company and uh you know they've obviously changed the way they do business um they've changed where they we you spoke earlier about this sort of uh masato weight you know the k1 max sort of uh, focus of the of that era and now it's more focused on, on lower weight fighters and uh and as, and as i say in in rise, um, they've just gone from strength to strength. I could have went for a very obvious pun there, and this card, as you said, is really really exciting across the board. We're going to stick with the match today, um, but yeah, really exciting across the board. And I hope that with more eyes on this, uh, on the match, there'll be new eyes on fighters that have deserved more attention for a long time. And uh, just a quick one by the way, let's not get into the fights fight by fight, but where do you sort of guess the uh the percentages will be in terms of all the sort of the the ratio is in terms of wins for each company you're going to go that k1 will win more than they'll lose you i think it'll be just about split well yeah or,
0: i think just, just, i think when uh i talked about this with the other guys i think i said 5-4 k1 uh yeah i think uh good result good result for both yeah and i think uh, It would be kind of a disaster if it were to be a blowout for uh, one company or the other, because uh, like the people pulling the strings monetarily, the people funding this stuff, uh, like you'll you'll see this anytime there is a K1 show on a weekend. There is very often a rise show the same weekend in the same area. Uh, So I think it is uh, it has been booked with you know continuation in mind not necessarily that this is going to be a you know an ongoing concern going forward but uh it is yeah it's very very close uh very well-made matchups which i think is gonna you know spur some intrigue to maybe do this again down the road
2: we've got sakakabara obviously uh as the middleman. But I do think that if uh, Abim are more sort of the middleman going forward, so to speak, and can get these two guys working together, I'm not saying that we should. M- my dream scenario would not be to merge them, but every year have a kind of, you know, not K Fest, more of like a. Not even WrestleMania, I suppose, I guess, similar to what we're doing now, which is kind of. A, a maybe a bi- yearly crossover where you get we've got really interesting matchups here, but it'd be really good to have like a bi- yearly crossover where you have uh, all the champions fighting each other as well as all these sort of interesting cards. You know what I mean, sort of maybe you know a pound a pound here or there given, so there's no like sort of title lineage on the line, but just having yeah, yeah, the, the like,
0: like sort of fights so would be cool. Rise have been doing that within their own organization, like having Absolutely. champ versus champ stuff, and uh, like the the possibility is very much there um and i think you know maybe maybe the boundaries of certain people's imaginations will shift seeing that oh we don't have to spend like the last two years of uh, covid times just progressively picking up more and more of the guys who really should be on crush cards who don't you know they're not people you can build this product with and you know now we're seeing that there are international fights actually happening but i think you know, this is kind of a weird outlier for the time that it's booked, which makes me suspect it's been uh, in the works for for some time. But, uh yeah, like the the possibilities are fantastic. So I hope it's not just restricted to this one thing.
2: Matter of fact, it's really good because obviously we've seen sort of cross pollination Uh Recently, we've obviously got the uh, the Rise Glory and Infusion sort of agreement going on. We've had a Glory basically at the state financial. I think they're basically send their guys wherever. Um, we WLF have sent fighters to K1. It's seen as somewhat of a kind of uh, you know natural progression. We've we've seen crossover there before. But what we've really lacked is this Rise K1 co-promotion and all sort of co-production. And I think breaking down that final uh that final barrier will only be good for the sport but there's, there's again it's bittersweet because we uh, luke actually mentioned this on your um on your podcast uh liquid swords for anyone doesn't know him uh, long-term mate of ours on uh, on twitter and an all-round uh, quality kickboxing actually that's not fair he's an all-round quality combat sports analyst
0: yeah like um, you could be watching uh like turkish oil wrestling and you, you speak to him and you say hey you want to have like a conversation in five minutes and he will like have 40 minutes to an hour to say about, uh, the technique. Yeah. And like, if you are listening to this and you like need a writer or like a guy to speak to on a podcast, just hit him up about anything. He knows it. Absolutely. Um, was a mooted guest for this
2: podcast, but, um, I believe he, uh, spunked his load on yours, which is no surprise. seeing <laughs> it's just over two hours long. Um, again, direct everyone, uh, to that, that, that pod for just more, just great, uh, just combat sports talk and more talk about this excellent car but yeah it's bittersweet because as he said you know if tension wins he takes basically the pride of kickboxing out to another sport he takes out the whole lineage of of takaru's awesome run and we mentioned them both as under defeated fighters they are essentially takaru has these uh early career uh, losses one of which was to you know a cut if i remember correctly um that's his only stoppage loss i mean we know he's got one of the, the best chins in the business um but essentially he's on this long undefeated run and that's that's all that matters and tension of course is is undefeated stretching all the way back to uh the beginning of his pro career he had a couple of losses as an amateur and that's about it um was it was it two losses as an amateur three losses
0: Something like that. But I mean, outside of uh, like Takaru being completely insane and documenting his entire like amateur career, I think it, you know, in the future, if if, you know, tension unexpectedly becomes a boxing champ, don't be surprised if some like weird amateur footage from some other sport comes up and someone's like, hey, I beat this guy well, as a boxing historian, you know, I see
2: examples of this random shit all the time. Um, Well, we recently, you know, it's not, it's, it's tangential, but it's not really because we're talking about it, but we re- recently finally got the Tension versus uh, Yoshiki Takai footage, which was amazing to see. So, um, you know, that was really, really cool. Long, long rumoured that fight was uh, filmed and out there. Um, It was a draw, right? Um, Obviously, another guy who sadly has left kickboxing and, and gone over to... um to boxing um so yeah. yeah famously i was heartbroken about that but um because you know boxing's got enough talent i want to i want to try and retain talent in kickboxing i want to try and as we just said get more uh you know talent fighting talent i'd i'd like to see more ties come over i want to see more cross promotion i want to see more champ versus champ because you know it's not the deepest talent pool kickboxing uh, never mm. has been it's it's niche that it is now because obviously we've got you know an amazing feeder system um, of 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 young karate boys uh, and gals
0: um, and you know it's really good you know you can yeah I mean that's if, that's the thing right like since uh, Koshian got big got shown on TV like yeah. they have this amazing system and they develop these amazing athletes and then can't keep hold of them because they can go off to some other sport and make more money even if they're not good at it.
2: But they're making shitloads in this fight. That's what's crazy. Like, Tension and Takaru are probably going to
0: clear, what, $2 million each? Allegedly, yeah, which, you know, it yeah. is great. And I wonder how long, if ever, we see that again.
2: But here's the thing. We don't necessarily need that. I mean, we're not going to uh, – without this, they wouldn't be selling out Tokyo Dome. But they could do these cards, uh, you know, if you, know, you get someone just to grab a bit of public consciousness or, you know – they do love sports out there. They do love fights out there. And you know, if you can just even get, you know, a good card every couple of years that you can actually sell, you know, Saitama or whatever. I mean, you know for a fact that a lot of these rise cards and you'll watch they're in very OK you know, one K- the crush cards. You know, for example, they're in quite small gymnasium type or small yeah,
0: hall. they're in like Shodokun uh, Hall. Very, very frequently. Yeah. And if you look at the viewership as well, yeah, like I mean, Crush it's does pretty well, but Rise does like a fraction of what they do when they do their numbered shows, which are basically the equivalent of a Crush. But it is, uh, you know, it is a small but passionate viewership. Uh, and this is, you know, this is the fundamental problem is the business has not been big enough. And if this gives it a boost, then fantastic.
2: Even if,
0: um, you know
2: their best fighters and champions if, even if it works as like another crush essentially where these you know eventually they graduate to k1 so to speak because k1 has just got that cachet that name is globally recognized And as you say like they're still doing you know decent viewership and whatnot i mean the fact that you know crush itself is, is taking on rise and winning is, is impressive enough it it's it's kind of weird that you know crush is essentially as much a number two and it's really a, a, like a, almost like a feeder league, do you know what I mean? To K one. Hmm. And Rise is trying to fight with the big boys and, and well, we saw recently what happened when they uh, did a brought over a champ from another organisation. It did not go <laughs> well for making their uh making their top tier talent no. top tier. Um so yeah, I think that that's not gonna be a problem with this fight. We know for a fact that Tension and, and Takaru are uh, are both elite fighters. Um I, f- I think uh yod uh you know the man who runs uh beyond kickboxing should just for, su- for no reason whatsoever just push them both to one and two the week of the fight just <laughs> for the sake of it because it does feel like a one and two uh kind of matchup and would be had uh superbon who is uh flying the flag for fighters around uh, max weight as i call it uh again um if would not been on this amazing recent run but um Which brings us to the fight itself. Um, Sorry, the match itself. Um, I've had a really interesting discussion with uh, uh, Luca Bordon about this already in terms of the dynamic. Tension seemingly, as of late, has been, should we say, somewhat unfocused in his recent bouts. He seems less elusive to me than he used to. He seems more uh, willing to mix it up at boxing range. However uh takaru is apparently barely eating and uh we'll have to make a weight that is not been comfortable to him for a while so he sort of evens it out a little bit is tension walking into a wood chip here or is it vice versa H- how do you actually see the match going
0: uh well first of all if people have been listening to luca you've i mean you've had the the filet mignon and now it's time for mcdonald's uh i favor tension uh for a <laughs> few reasons uh principally uh takaru has not fought many southpaws and often when he has he has like not looked great like in in you know ancient history uh yuki kyotani we mentioned beat him up kept him on his heels the whole time dropped him broke his nose and that's that's his stoppage loss like his nose wouldn't stop bleeding but he didn't look great like up until that moment but that is a long 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 time ago and he's a very different man now but you know uh he fought uh yuta murakoshi Uh, not that long ago did not exactly cover himself in glory uh doing that he really got away with one uh and you know subsequent to that Murakoshi who is a very like good very competent uh like gentlemanly scholarly southpaw guy he doesn't stop people he's a bit too small for the weight uh but he has subsequently gotten absolutely destroyed by other people at 60 kg uh so the issue also is and you know you shouldn't draw too much from exhibition bouts but uh takaru had that exhibition bout with gunji the champion at the the weight class yeah. just below this one and he was consistently being beaten to the punch uh and he was you know he cut down a little bit extra weight but you know we, we've seen this in his his other fights as well like he also had an exhibition with yuki egawa a few years ago it was the same thing, like a smaller, faster guy beats him to the punch. Even Leona Pettis, who, you know, was was jabbing him from way, way, way away. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's not not exactly slow. And he's obviously a very, very, very good top fighter. But Takadu gets hit. He doesn't look great against Southpaws. Uh, he looked very, very, like, confused and slow and just couldn't get stuff going against Murakoshi. And now he's not just fighting a quick southpaw, right? He's fighting the quick southpaw in kickboxing. And, you know, the other thing is tension, as we've seen in the last few years, he is really not above just eking out a tepid decision where he, you know, throws a few more punches than the other guy, knows that he's got a 10-9 sewed up and just doesn't do very much. Uh, and he he has changed. And the thing is, there is a massive incentive for him to win this to go to boxing undefeated, but there is a huge disincentive. Well, no, there, there's no disincentive, sorry, for him to, you know, just just win this, however boringly that that ends up being. Like, the fundamentally, the audience that is going to pay to watch him box is not really, uh, doesn't have a huge amount of crossover with the audience that's watching him in kickboxing. Like, yes, it's bad for him if his brand becomes this is the boring kickboxer guy. Uh, But whatever happens, his first five fights, probably going to be small boxing cards in Karakun Hall. Again, like we've seen with Yoshiki Take, uh, there's going to be a regression from here. Like, you're not having your first professional boxing match in the Tokyo Dome, right? So, there's going to be a period of adjustment. He's going to, you know, I'm sure he's been training with an actual boxing gym and not just... uh, you know, at this this gym that is still allegedly has, uh, you know, his his professional allegiance. But, you know, he will have to move to a boxing team and he's probably already there. And we see the knock on effects this has on his kickboxing matches, which isn't that he's losing. It's not that he's getting close to losing. He just isn't very entertaining. Uh, so but, you know, to uh to walk back the the possible paths to success for Takadu is uh actually the rules for this bout uh i think even though it's rise rules even though it's what tension has been fighting under most of the time uh, i think it favors Takadu in a couple of ways uh, one is you know outside of swinging big punches he only ever really throws a left kick and, you know, the the southpaw matchup is going to be slightly different. We've seen in, I think it was the most recent Tension fight with Shiro. Uh, Shiro hit him with a body kick. And Tension, uh, his reaction to it was kind of weird. He like shot for a takedown. Uh, he didn't like getting kicked in the body. I suspect he's not doing that much kickboxing training at the moment uh it's you know other weapon but you know the thing about rise rules for for people who don't uh, understand the distinction is that you can catch a kick you can catch a, a leg kick a body kick and throw punches so uh one is i don't think uh you know tension is is um you know, accustomed to it anymore. I'm sure he's got like, you know, a lifetime of experience and whatever, but his dimensions are, are sort of shutting down. The other thing is, you know, if he does throw a kick at Takeru, as we saw in in Takeru's, uh, the first round with Leona Pettis, you can see him pawing at the kicks. I think he's been preparing for this for a while. He wants to catch any of those very few kicks that tension might throw at him. And just grab it and tee off. Like he's he's gonna be slower off the mark, but if he has like a captive guy in front of him, then you know that's his opportunity to to unload. Um but uh, in general, I don't think the matchup favors Takadu very well at all. I think the pressure is on him to be entertaining, which is gonna make him make mistakes. Uh tension's gonna be happy to skate backwards, throw one-twos. Uh, he's got better footwork anyway. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm down on this because it could just go insane. Like the pressure could be on tension to, you know, show something in his final kickboxing match. It's obviously a sport that, you know, he has a a lot of love for, but there's a, a financial calculation here, which favors him doing something else. But, uh, you know, I've, I've been wrong before frequently, but I do think, uh, tension just skates away with it.
2: I can see it. I mean, he's only got to do it for two rounds. Um, I wonder whether if he has two tepid rounds and then uh, Takaru it would have to be probably the you know maybe just, maybe, maybe tension's tepid in, in in one and three but you know Takaru has a decent round two then maybe by some sort of bizarre rise-esque thing which happens a fair bit you know you might get a fourth round anyway just because you have it's spectacle and you know um, I, could, I don't really sh- don't you guys mentioned this on the podcast, but the two guys that the short I mean, I would have loved to have seen a, a 10 rounder or something, you know, like the old school kickboxing uh, about some back in the day or, you know, even like a six rounder or something just to see how they would approach it. But what they're going to do is they're going to do what they normally do in three rounds, which is one of them does less nowadays and get somewhat tired and one does a lot and gets somewhat tired so that either way they're going to get somewhat tired and if you stretch out over five six seven eight rounds um I, I think people are expecting oh we could have even more of it if we had it for longer and actually what we want is for them to uh sort of pack everything that is great that they do into as short a time as possible and obviously uh coming from you know, a karate backgrounds generally you know the idea is to you know, play all forward and, and fight at close range. at the something which Takaru still does brilliantly and something which Tension has smartly learnt to negate over the years. <laughs> um and, and Tension obviously is not as dynamic offensively as he used to be. He used to do lots of lots of uh, highlight real worthy stuff. Spinning shit as they say in the MMA world. I don't beat that out on my pod, by the way. Um but uh yeah, you know. And and, and Takaru I think people generally just think of him as having a a big left hook nowadays, but we saw we, we know he can work the right hand in, so I do think that he can have more success than some might think. Um, I'm not actually making a prediction when, it, when any of the guests are on, I make my prediction at the end, but I definitely like your read of the fight. I don't like it in terms of what it means to me because, um, well, I'm not going to make a prediction. I do want uh, Takaru to win this fight because I think it's better for kickboxing, also, I'm just more of a fan of his as much as I've learned to. Uh, respect tension over the years interesting actually as an aside when tension sort of first came on the scene i was one of those ardent muay thai guys um <laughs> and you know was going out to thailand a lot i was watching both the Rajadamnern Nern and lumpini shows every week and watching channel 7 and even watching omni for
0: Omnoi, for the uh for the uh for the prospects and whatnot and, and so uh, you weren't a fan of the uh somewhat predatory matchmaking with guys like amnat
2: exactly Amnat and then yeah i yeah, was not was not you know I very much look this guy's a prospect i've seen it before he's smashing guys but let's see what happened. i mean i remember do you remember the um the somewhat notorious muay thai poster uh fimu 90 brent i believe was his name um he was uh he hated me because i was just like look i like i like watching these this footage attention but everyone's like i can't wait till we beat senchai and i'm like fucking hell guys come on now he's a, he's a teenager you know what i mean can't put him with senchai as time has gone on and i've watched him do that as he stepped up and up and up yes begrudgingly i'm had to accept that i was wrong um, his uh, it was sort of uh, transferable what he was doing against um. I mean, and let's be honest, he fought a lot of good fighters on the way up. Anyway, fighters that were also teenage prospects that are now you know well known. Some of which he's rematched. You know, and I think he he has fought really good opposition. And maybe at that point, I was at a, uh, at a stage in my life where I was very pro Muay Thai and very much this isn't you know. I loved K1 and I'm not getting my K1 anymore. So any Japanese kickboxing that I'm getting now is, is it, I was like an old man yells at cloud. And I, I'm willing to admit that. You know, I mean, I was, I was in the wrong and uh, you know, I've now reassessed the data that we've got, and I was in the wrong and yeah, tension's absolutely brilliant. But Takaru's my guy. Love what he does. Love him uh, as a fighter. I love his passion for the sport of kickboxing. And I think it would be better for the sport of kickboxing if he wins and then leaves for MMA, which he's, which I think people are being concerned about. Now, I'm joking, of course, but you know, there has always been a thought that he might go over to MMA. So um, I think that if he wins, this will, even though I don't think he's got very long left, and that's why I say I think it will be end of an era, either way, if tension leaves with uh, kick, kick, uh, kickboxing's glories on his shoulders going to another sport, or Taqueri wins and leaves it all in the ring to an extent and probably hasn't got that long left anyway. It will be bittersweet, but I do think your read of the fight on a technical level uh, could very well be uh, proven correct. I could see that. I think you were alluding to it earlier as well. The match is not necessarily. Oh, let's use a let's use an easy example. Mayweather Pacquiao. Everyone was excited about it for years. They both traversed so many weight classes. We had false starts. Actually, we didn't even have false starts we just had talk and talk and talking and nothing happening and when it eventually happened floyd did what floyd does and we all should have been expecting that and i, I think i uh, expect intention to suddenly go do you know what i am going to stand and throw down with the bigger man when i've got a potentially lucrative boxing career in front of me where i can sell myself be on what 50 and i was in kickboxing uh being this young marketable fighter um you know yeah why would he just throw that why why would he just do that to please us and however many people been in Tokyo, I don't would be stupid to do so.
0: Yeah. However, I mean, there, there's opposed... a couple of threads to pull on there. Uh, like one is uh, like tensions, most exciting, his best fights, the ones that also pushed and challenged him the most were the two against like good Muay Thai fighters, like Suakim. The first Suakim fight is one of, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorites. It's just fantastic. Uh, the, the Rod Tang fight, Uh, And, you know, those are are guys who wouldn't back down, who would just get in his face, uh, which is what Takadu does. And I can, you know, I imagine if you look at how uh, concerned he was at the end of those two, uh, you know, those are also his, you know, five round fights uh, is uh, is something he is perhaps not willing to do when there is potential millions on the line. But, uh, yeah, the 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 parallels with uh, Mayweather Pacquiao as well. Um, it's something people think they want. And uh, a few years ago, you know, when they were perhaps closer in wait, I think would have been uh, great. But also, I don't think that was the moment that it made sense either. So, yeah, it is, it is bittersweet. And I do think, you know, you say you were joking, but Takadu has actually said, uh, that after he retires from kickboxing he'd he'd give amateur MMA a go and then stop that once the first time that he loses. Uh, oh, he's no, got a very no, I wasn't, very I, I wasn't
2: joking that he was talking about. It. I'm joking about that that's what I want him to do. I don't <laughs> I don't want him to go to MMA. I don't want him to do it. Um I want you know I want a marketable start. And actually we were saying earlier about how it's crazy how tackle he wasn't really as popular as, as tension, but winning this fight on this sort of scale, I think could potentially Push him over when he's probably entering the twilight of his career. I was gonna yeah. ask just one thing to you though, just quickly. Do you not think with the you know the Cazeneuve fight being so competitive and the famously awful boxing exhibitions that he's had, is there not a chance that even attention wants to do what he used to be so good at? Actually, he's just a little bit too far gone, and he will end up embroiled in a tough, fight, like you're getting at, like a Rod Tang style fight where he gets pushed back not based on his own want not on it uh, on his own terms at a pace he's uncomfortable with and Takaru is, is able to force him
0: to unravel could you see it happening i could see that potentially and for the record i would bust everywhere in that case <laughs> uh like like you said like tension is is you know he's very good uh and he's had these spectacular moments but Takaru is Takaru wasn't supposed to be a star He wasn't picked. He wasn't like handpicked and they weren't like putting him in these things saying, oh, this is the guy we want to win. He was like winning in spite of other promotional plans. He became the guy. And, you know, Tension did have like a big like star making performance, but he is very much benefited from the backing of Rise from an early, early Mm -hmm. stage of his career. Like if you go to the Rise site, and this has been true for several years, they have a contact section and it's like, here's the email address to contact us and there's a separate email address to do pr for tension it's like to that extent um and uh i I kind of remember what the question is now but like yeah takaru has you know against all odds and i mean maybe the the three men uh sorry the the i guess it's eight man tournaments he's done haven't always had the best talent and he's just you know somewhat been in uh parallel tracks to the rest of these divisions but to not fall prey to like the cruel randomness of tournaments and to to win them three times in spite of whatever level of competition there might be to do that over and over and over again is uh, a tremendous thing um so yeah i I do think there is a, a chance that he could he could pull it out he could uh just have one final great performance in him uh And then, you know, does he does he you know, his whole thing is that he doesn't want to ever lose. He had to be like talked back into competing ever again after losing to Yuki Kiyotani. He just like disappeared and the Urabe brothers had to like go find him. Um, And he's just like consistently said if he loses, he retires. Um, And, you know, win or lose, I I think he retires. And I don't think there is much of a prospect that he's going to want to uh you know fight a guy like uh hirotaka asahisa who is incredibly dangerous he's not unbeatable but you know do you really want to like make millions less to fight someone who might be uh maybe maybe not as as good potentially as tension but definitely more dangerous there's a you know a much bigger opportunity for him to leave you drooling unconscious on the floor uh so I, I don't know. I think I've I've talked around and like not answered the question at all. But that's uh, that's where my flag is planted. Definitely, I want Takeru to win. I hope that he can have the the success, which I don't think he will. Uh, but I just see tension presents uh, a stylistic problem to him, and also has uh you know a level of seasoning that Takeru has you know historically kind of lacked. And Takeru is uh his training you know, on his own, basically now, uh, kind of inspired by Koyo Urabe. Uh, And, you know, it it could very well be that he pulls something out that we haven't seen before. But, yeah, I just, the skeptic in me makes me think it's not going to happen. But I would love it. Well, you did kind of answer the
2: question. The question was, you know, can Takaru kind of, you know, back tension up and potentially beat him? And you did answer that. But what you've touched upon there is, If tension wins, we're probably going to lose the sport. And I say we, I mean the sport of kickboxing. We're probably going to lose both of them. Because tension's going to go after boxing and Takaru's going to be, we've seen how emotional he is after wins. He loves the sport so much. He's he's going to cry, make us all cry and then fuck off and we'll never see him again. If Takaru wins, yes, narrative-wise, it'd be amazing. But also there is a slim chance. That he might continue. Oh, I'm with you. I think he probably retire. Um, although you know, you know, the fight you mentioned for him that that's the one. If if he's going to stick around, um, but yeah, I mean, at least Attacker the wins. There's a chance that the sport might not lose both of them. Whereas if Tension wins, there's no chance. So I think we It's really unfair to Tension. Although he's you know sort of he's made his bet. He's got a line it, but. I'm actively rooting against him mainly because I'm actively rooting for the sport of kickboxing but it leads me nicely into the third question which is the third question I'm as- asking everyone because we will have after this fight a very clear picture of both of their careers in their entirety you know we will we'll basically have a full career of them both of which in terms of pro bouts I think we've basically got access to Nearly all of them, right? As, as hardly, you would know, is there any footage which is missing from their respective pro careers? Uh,
0: well, you know, one of the things that came out of writing that article was I managed to identify the name of the guy that Takadu fought. Uh, I think it was just a three-rounder in Thailand. So I think from his perspective, that was just an amateur thing. Uh, but it was a pro bout, this XCM some very long uh gym name uh so i think there is footage out there uh potentially or at least photos of uh you know one uh fight with uh, i believe he was billed as uh takaro uh so there, there's something out there of him fighting in thailand potentially but that was that was a muay thai bout. yeah yeah oh, right. Yeah.
2: Again, I would say I would say suggest not really uh, pertinent to the discussion of a of a kickboxing resume anyway. So just as a kickboxing resume, uh, in terms of pro bag, we basically got everything. So with that in mind, and you've seen everything, I've seen nearly everything. I imagine. Let's um, uh, hypothetically here. There's no there's no there's no uh, evidence to go on. Picture in your mind, one of these guys winning this fight, nice and clean, with yeah, an impressive fashion with no asterisks just they win clean, however you envision that is up to you, you can go tension, you know landing the central kick and knocking Takari's block off or you can see tension getting overzealous and getting clipped with a left hook and sparked out, it's up to you you can see a clean decision win That that that's that's your imagination I don't want to put anything in there, or I just have where do you see, let's just, let's just pick both of them if tension wins or if Takari wins where would they sort of where would their legacy be for you in the sort of pantheon of great kickboxers? I asked uh, Luca Bordon this. He's famously somewhat of a kickboxing historian. And, you know, he, he he's as much as into Savat as he is. He's full contact as he is with Muay Thai, as he is with, you know, Japanese kickboxing. And he said he he could see both of them somewhat in the uh, the top 10 of all time. But for you, maybe you want to rank them just in the, 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 the sort of uh, pantheon of great Japanese kickboxers. It's completely up to you. Um, you might consider it a stupid question, but humor me. One of them wins. They win cleanly. Where do you see them?
0: Well, I mean, the pressure is on following up Mr. Bourdon, who sort of remembers everything and knows everything. Um, so I think there's there's a few things here, which is traditionally, as soon as anyone retires and things move on, is people start looking back on previous bouts in a different light and i think you know there's a couple of unfortunate things uh for both of these guys in terms of what their lasting legacy is going to be which is one the the covid era uh two is uh you know there was this huge contraction not just in japanese kickboxing but kickboxing globally like the amount of money people were getting paid well i guess they were not getting paid by feg compared to, compared to uh, you know subsequent glory payouts or uh you know uh the the k one japan group it there was just a big bust period and it did affect the talent pool a lot but uh you know I think in terms of you know where you put them all time uh within the japanese scene if you know if takeru knocks out tension the way he knocked out leona uh in the immediate interim, he goes, like, straight to the top. Uh, it, it's more than Masato accomplished, but Masato probably was fighting much better guys much more consistently. So it's, mm. you know, it's a difficult thing to uh, contrast them. But I think, you know, one of the things that we mentioned earlier is, you know, Bon is not going anywhere. He's on this amazing run. He's, uh, you know, got access to fighting these top international talents regardless of what happens with covid because one seemed to be you know navigating those water- waters pretty well at this point i think there is a period of hype in which people say you know look at look at how this has been capped off what an un- an unbelievable and unexpected thing to see like a, a quote unquote undefeated kickboxer uh, you know, Petrosian obviously fell victim to to Superbon. Um, but I do think, you know, once you start to scrutinize that in a way which is perhaps unfair, I mean, both of these guys, when you look at who they fought, I mean, in, in Takadu's case, there are guys that he did eventually fight, like uh Pettus, who he spent a long time uh just sort of farting around, fighting random like ties and stuff like that, because they knew he would knock them out. Um so yeah i think for me personally like yeah within the japanese scene whoever wins this if they do it in like a a clean impressive way they are the guy for the foreseeable future um however in terms of just within the the japanese scene um i think uh there's a very good chance a guy who is still getting better uh masashi kumura who you know technically yes he he lost and is not the champion to another one of the guys on this card but i look at him and even though he you know also lost to Yoshiki Take i think he is the best 55 kg guy in japan right now um and i think if he beats Shiro on this this show if he does it in impressive fashion then as he continues to accrue victories um i could see like him supplanting one of these guys. And even though he doesn't have the impressive record, he's, uh, you know, continually uh, improving, getting better, stopping people in in incredibly impressive fashion at times. Um, So I think, yeah, this will mark the end of an era, but it's not going to mark the end of, one, people arguing on the internet, and two, uh, you know, uh, kickboxing you know, the money might retract, it might constrict a bit, but it will keep going forward. Uh, a lot of these people will continue fighting, new talents will arise, uh, you know, uh, the international scene is probably going to open up a bit, someone might come out uh, and surprise everyone, but I do think, yeah, it it's going to stand as a singular achievement that one of these guys essentially, you know, when a whole kickboxing career without losing, you know, there yes, Takadu has the, the one loss, but we've, we've all sort of uh, collectively agreed to ignore it. It is uh, something that will probably never happen again. Uh, I think it probably won't stand up to the kind of uh, perhaps unfair scrutiny that we will subject it to. But uh, yeah, so the short answer is that it will stand as an unequalable achievement but will also have like several characteristics which make it not quite as impressive as maybe you know a long international career or a more competitive weight class that historically has better talents like Super at. But uh, if Takaru wins and if he does it in an impressive fashion, none of those technicalities matter. He will just be the favorite guy of so many people. It will be an enduring legacy like uh, like a Mark Hunt kind of thing. Like, he obviously doesn't have the best record, but people will lionize the man, mythologize him for uh, the way he beat JLB, that one time out of four. The other times he got his ass kicked did not matter because people love him, and he did things that nobody else did, and he did it in a fashion that was just fun to watch. Uh, and that, you know, without uh, you know losing so much or, or getting uh, completely beaten to pieces by but not losing uh by by stoppage to jerome LeBanner uh is yeah i think he becomes like a a mythological pop culture thing within the sport but uh people who want to like turn this into a science uh say where they rank all time probably not gonna uh, stand up to uh, like forensic investigation, but it will be a lot more fun than a lot of the people who were above them.
2: That makes sense. Um, I think given sort of success across weights, and uh, and it, it, that win that went over Leona Pettis was, you know, a culmination of as you say, like you know, there was a there was a lot of farting around, but also uh, some soft touches, and we did wonder whether you know. Takeri would hold up under real scrutiny again when faced with someone dangerous, and uh, he had a shootout with one of the most dangerous bastards alive, and and, and wasted him. So I think um, that's what's so great about uh, this attacker going into this. Yeah, he's been inactive completely since then, um, but we know he's still got it. Um, I think attention wins. It, it's it's there's less sort of chaff on on his resume, in my opinion. There are a bit more sort of the thing is with these guys, they are generally like you say international competition. Back in the day, it was more international, and these guys are basically you know Japanese domestic kickboxers with the odd international guy sprinkled mm-hmm. in. Um, more often than not, favourable international guys. Um, but I think tensions got a little bit less of that, uh, as you said earlier, with with uh, with Sukim and, uh, and, and and Rod Tang. and Rod Tang is. He's kind of the fighter that you're describing care as, in my opinion, and kind of he's like uh, this kind of beloved action fighter. Mm-hmm. And you see people online being like, oh, he's one of the best pound for pound fighters around. It's like <laughs> you need to watch more Stadium Muay Thai, mate, because he's not. Okay, even you don't one even one need Pan to watch more Muay Stadium guys. Muay
0: Thai. You need to watch him just confusedly walk straight at Walter Goncalves for three rounds That's and just was- narrowly beat him. Also,
2: also true. Um, yeah. Or even, you know, when they bring another tie to fight a bit in one, you know what I mean? Um, but, but he's kind of captured this kind of cultural zeitgeist in a way Um, that makes him he's really popular. He's crossed over and I love to see it. Um, He's he's really the first tie since Burkow that people really know. Um, well, Senchai, true. But, you know, Senchai is people found out about him probably a little bit too late and now they know about him he's just going around the world essentially having what he thinks are exhibitions against people
0: who think they're having real fights and then he's long may his retirement tour continue but i think yeah i think the the distinction with rod tang is who he has reached like senchai has reached like message board guys right it is people who uh, have an interest in muay thai whereas one god bless him have burned millions and millions and millions of dollars to get this guy and very few others very slightly more popular with guys who yeah. fundamentally do not follow the sport that he's in uh, exactly. which i think is cool i think more people should burn money to make like action fighters more popular with people who don't care
2: but that will also mean uh, to to bring it back round that tensions record uh, resume uh, as you guys say uh, over the other side of the Atlantic. Um, it will hold up, I think. You know, there's just more recognisable names on there. Yeah, I think you know to, to to the layman. So I think generally, if he wins this as well uh, in what is the biggest fight of either man's career, um, I think his record will hold up under more scrutiny. And I think if he wins, um, people will be mentioning. Him Right up there amongst the the greatest of all time. Whereas if if Takeru wins, I think people will recognise him as. Uh, I think actually it's kind of fair. Uh, if Tension loses, I think it's a lot easier to sort of do away with his with his legacy and go, oh wow, you know, if he fought Takeru earlier, he never would have been that good anyway. Whereas with Takeru, you go, well, he's an action fighter. He's probably a little bit past his prime, so no wonder he lost. Um, that sort of what whataboutery is not something that I like. Uh, I much prefer to um, even given my previous reservations on tension i would never dismiss a fire of his quality uh, so readily um but i think you know uh, there's a chance that more casuals and i use that term loosely because how casual can you be if you have even a passing uh sort of uh, reverence for japanese kickboxing but uh maybe those that are a little bit uh less dedicated um such as myself um would be more easily on tension side if he caps off his great undefeated career with a win over takaru um i think it'd be a lot easier to buy into him uh but for me personally if takaru wins i think it's the culmination of a career yes there's le- less depth on there yes um there are times where they've given him guys for him to nu- nuke but there's enough quality on there that i would be very comfortable having him amongst the greatest kickboxers of all time again not one two or three but I think he'd be right up there and uh, yeah, it would, it would make up for the times where he was just destroying people. But then again, you know, he's had injuries and, you know, he's got extra critical activities and, you know, hobbies and whatnot. And, and he's one of the few kickboxers who doesn't have to go from, you know, house to house to people he knows, you know, peddling <laughs> his wares. You know what I mean? And then, you know, um, you know, you've got to let the guy have a life. Most of them don't get to have one. And uh, these two, they're massive stars to an extent. Uh, again, I don't really, I don't really get attacker who's not a biggest star in Japan because he is. Well, no, he is on TV and stuff. You know what I mean? But I don't get. He he has all the looks of a crossover star. I don't get. Well, it. this really
0: this get. is a separate one hour conversation of its own. But uh, essentially, uh, so the guy who owns K1, uh, the K1 Japan group, that is not the the weird Hong Kong sure. guy uh has, Not
2: the Hong Kong goes the name, yeah.
0: Yeah. Not uh, you know, he has his fingers in a lot of pies. Uh so like all of the Ring Girls, all of the people you see like interviewing the K1 Pokemon thing, they are all part of a broader talent umbrella. And he did try, he did like make this absolutely terrible direct-to-dvd movie in which uh like some guy Uh, becomes a kickboxer and like Takadu was a a, an actor in that Uh, so essentially there's this whole weird circular economy like K1 has barely any outside sponsorship beyond the broadcaster Um, and so people are kind of locked into this this ecosystem in which they uh, generate invoices for other companies within the company uh which sounds a lot to me like money laundering not making any yeah. specific accusations here anyway cool. uh the overarching company is kind of uh glowing nuclear green and people do not want to get involved a great deal um so well yes he's a you know a good looking guy a personality who will he will absolutely kill himself making these media appearances uh, and I think he probably will have a TV career afterwards, but, uh, you know, one is he's an active kickboxer, there's limited bandwidth, and, you know, the guy trains like a psychopath uh, for him to, uh, you know, uh, engage in extracurricular stuff, but uh, also he, you know, he doesn't have the, the advantages Tension had sort of lucking into these spots on Fuji. He's, you know, one of his big goals in his career was he wanted to get kickboxing back on terrestrial TV. And as he's been working towards that, terrestrial TV has become less and less and less important. And then when he finally like accomplished that goal at K Festa 3, there was a big COVID controversy and uh the, the broadcast got axed. But now he's like uh he's achieving his two big career goals at the same time. He gets on TV and he fights tension um so again i don't remember what the question was but uh something we'll to do with questions
2: like, i think we're beyond questions by now cool. um yeah but basically in terms of you know why Tackler isn't this massive crossover star and it seems to be general k1 incompetence
0: um also, oh no so it, it's very very competent it is just uh, competent in a way which might be potentially aligned with criminal enterprise or yeah, yeah. Uh, nuclear sort of armed rogue something. states. Uh, yeah. yeah
2: But thank God they have got a man in the middle that isn't involved in any of that. That's getting <laughs> this, uh, getting this going. Um and definitely isn't gonna stir up any potential controversy ten days out from the fire, two weeks out from the fire essentially.
0: Um Yeah, yeah. But, I mean the the guy that is uh, you know, Involved in this, you think about what Ryzen is these days, right? It is a very small direct-to-consumer, rinky-dink pay-per-view thing with broadly uh, lesser-known uh, MMA talents doing these, you know, online internet pay-per-views. Why would they need some mob guy who allegedly is used for difficult negotiations? I wonder what difficult negotiations have been going on in the space uh, revolving around Sakakibara. It is probably not getting, uh, God, what's that guy's name who always loses? Uh, He's a part of Kid Yamamoto's uh, thing, long hair. Uh, Anyway, I don't think he needs too much convincing by organized crime. I think uh, there has been a very uh, auspicious timing here and uh, it has required some elbow grease from uh, people with access to firearms to make this happen. So God bless them. And uh, please keep quiet and stay out of the media for the next like month or so. And afterwards, go nuts.
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, if they, they've they sold enough tickets now and I haven't really mentioned this, but for all our talk of kickboxing being on the peripheral sort of uh, gaze of Japanese pop culture and, and not big as it used to be. And for all talk of Takaru not being as big a star as I hope he would be, um, the ticket prices are extortionate. And we are talking, if not quite uh, Mayweather Pacquiao uh, um, level of prices. Uh, in terms of interest, it's been off the charts in a way that we haven't seen since uh, uh since I guess Masato's heyday in terms of any sort of uh, combat sports or you know since the since the you know, pride dissolved essentially um and those maybe a year or so afterwards when Masato was still big news and still active uh we haven't really seen anything uh, in terms of combat sports in Japan which has been this big so it's great it's great uh, it's a great nostalgia driver for someone like myself um who gets weird feelings in his stomach when he remembers his glory days when he got had no responsibilities and could watch Japanese combat sports all the time. And it was a huge spectacle. And you tell your friends, you haven't seen anything like this, guys. Trust me, this is where it's at. Um, and UFC was the rinky-dink promotion, uh, put on fights in Nebraska smokers and stuff. Uh, and Japan was fucking amazing, just you know the glory days and we used to get on british tv it was amazing you get you get um mma and kickboxing on on eurosport on you know tape delayed uh, but on like a weekday evening you could watch your friends smoke copious amounts of weed and lose yourself uh, and uh, those days are long gone so i'm living out my own youth uh, through this fight happening and obviously we've both wanted it for a very long time and it really does feel like the end of an era and this really does feel like the end of this section of the podcast so thanks so much for jumping on today and where it can this will be fun this will be particularly fun where can people find you on social media such as twitter would you like to read out your handle to them
0: uh, well frankly i don't actually know how i'm supposed to pronounce the first part uh and i i'm pretty sure when i signed up i wrote it the other way around so it's become uh, slightly confusing to me but yes it is uh apparatus flatus i i believe here in uh the the sunshine isles of the united kingdom they say flatus um well so, it's also ap-
2: apparatus rather than apparatus oh fantastic
0: so it it, it rhymes okay cool cool yeah, so yeah. um yeah depending on where you are uh it's the the strange ass name about farts uh i should probably change it but uh i'm very yeah, I mean, lazy Dogman dog, dog yeah.
2: kb or something would be more fitting i mean Dogman kickboxing or even the name of your podcast which you're going to direct people to, to again now
0: yeah um apparently so i i changed this uh so as of yesterday it is uh soundcloud.com slash a podcast about kickboxing um and I refuse to spend money. So as soon as a new episode goes up, an old one gets deleted. So uh, listen to the one that's there now, I guess. Uh, it might not be there. You are joking. It. Is that true? That's true. I'm I'm tremendously lazy and I don't want to spend money.
2: You, you, you've still got the recordings, right? Oh, yeah. 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 There's I Is mean, I, a really good podcast. Honestly, man, they're really, really good. But you said that SoundCloud it's, it's, it's on Apple as well oh yeah yeah so after
0: a year of being asked well more like 13 months finally i'm i'm kind of getting on uh the things people use instead of whatever was the the easiest and most lazy way of doing it so yeah it exists it's out there but uh you should probably listen to the one that you're listening to now uh i've listened to a few i mean some of them don't uh intersect with uh my my primary hobbies but uh it's good stuff it's fun uh, apparently i'm on it so must be good well yeah this, this this podcast is absolutely amazing
2: uh if i do say so myself whether i talk about boxing mma or kickboxing and it really does depend what sort of mood i'm in or if there's any interesting in happening you can be rest assured that uh, we will also uh, get on top quality top-notch guests like yourself um because As much as I love kickboxing and you and I have been speaking about it for years, as much as I know about it, and uh, obviously I used to be a much more ardent Muay Thai fan, Um, I don't follow it like I used to, um, and it's always good to have someone who can add a bit more context uh, to any sort of discussion like this, and I think I've got the right guys on. So again, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, I hope everyone enjoyed this segment of the pod, and for me, it's a hearty recommendation for your own podcast which i think is absolutely brilliant and to be honest with you i probably would have had you on anyway because of how good you are um at writing about kickboxing and well i would say you're good about tweeting about kickboxing but you're a nightmare when it comes to tweeting because half of it's meme style jokes and i'd never really know whether you're being sincere or not and then some of it's like a very nice uh sort of uh breakdown of a, of a k1 press which is full of interesting information so um yeah definitely follow you on there basically everyone who listens to this podcast knows i'm a hateful cynical uh cnx tuesday so if i've got you on it's basically a stamp of approval i shouldn't have to uh big you up but yeah it goes it should go about saying but sometimes things have to be said so thanks for coming on and uh thanks for having me No, absolutely. And uh, I doubt I have anything to add to your own podcast. So I doubt you ever have me on. But the offer's there. If you ever want me on for any reason, uh, I'd love to come on and shoot shit. But um, we'll no doubt uh, get you on this one again somewhere down the line. We don't think we'll have anything as big as Tension versus uh, Takaru. But I think there was some optimism to come from this podcast. So hopefully there'll be other interesting shit to talk about.
0: Cool. Sounds good.
2: clip that I played was from uh, their legendary knockout uh, Takari versus Tiger, the spinning back fist and this one was from Tension Naskawa's absolute demolition dot, job on uh, Rui Ibarra uh, next guest we're going to have is the legend, Baba himself uh, Baba is a former fighter, he's a current coach, he's so good that he actually trains coaches himself and he's the fucking man basically so the dog man is indeed sandwiched between two Frenchies and we're going to have one more Frenchie yeah, to go. So Baba. me and Baba, you know, we go way back like I do with, with uh, Luca Bordon and um, we go off some tangents. Hope you enjoy them. Not all related to the match, but pretty much all related to kickboxing and, and Muay Thai. So hopefully some interesting anecdotes here to help you through as we go into the deep uh, part of this podcast. This is obviously the longest uh, episode of Combat Chronicles ever. We're uh, probably going to be approaching Apocalypse Now um, length, uh, but... I hope you enjoy it and uh, hopefully this part will keep you entertained because it was a great conversation to have. Here he is. It's Baba. And I'm here with my other guest, a good friend of mine from back in the day, uh, both before, during and after the fight site. Uh, My good friend Baba. Do you want to introduce yourself, my friend?
5: Hey, Kyle. Everybody, how's it going? So me, yeah, I'm Baba. i um, 38. I've been a fan of the kickboxing for the last 20, 25 years. I don't know exactly. I'm a former fighter. I'm a coach. And a uh, podcaster. I do a podcast with the legendary Lucas Bourdon, that you already know, that everybody knows in the kickboxing world on Twitter. And uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm very glad to be here. I was uh, very happy to be part of the of the debuting team of the fight site we had a blast over there but uh, i had uh, other things other ventures to uh, i need to to do so i stepped back and uh, and i'm i'm pretty happy uh, with what i'm doing right now I'm, from time to time i have time to to do the podcast with luca and now with carl because he kindly invited me and uh, it was it's a great honor for me so thank you for the invitation
2: Oh mate, it, it had to be done. Um, obviously we go way back, as I said, and as you just uh, said as well. And it's great now because we've got the perspective, obviously, as you just said, of your co- your podcast co-host. Uh, we've had the Dog Man as well, and now we've got an actual professional fighter and a coach, someone who's experienced. We get a different kind of uh, uh, mindset uh, looking at this great fight. Uh, I call it the fight. It's of course the match takaru versus tension is the big one uh we've been waiting for it for a long time i know you will as well the first question i'm asking you is the same question i posed to everyone else which is what does tension versus takaru mean to you as a fan man it, it means
5: a lot i mean we've been waiting for that fight since like what 202016? 2016 well, something I like so. that
2: 2016? yeah something like that
5: yeah pretty much uh, the, the 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 kickboxing the kickboxing scene on on twitter so uh, i think uh, uh, probably i think that's the talk that brought that brought lucas and i together mind you really <laughs> re I, I i'd have to ask him but uh, probably probably yeah so 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 any any and even this magnitude in today's connected world you know because back in the days when there was when there was k one yeah. That was the age the of the forums. You know, there wasn't Twitter involved. Absolutely. Facebook and things like that. So in today's connected world, it's fantastic for kickboxing. It's fantastic. It's it's a huge win for kickboxing. I'm glad we get to experience that. But even if the question is for me, I'm, really, I'm more happy for the younger fans, you know, because I had so many great moments as a fan in my 20s uh, following uh, K1 World Max, Muay Thai, uh, the K1 World Grand Prix, and uh, all the organizations back in the day. And uh, I think that, I think the younger fans were liking some kind of moments like that, you know, that, the, 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 the kind of moments that makes you a dedicated fan for, for life or maybe 30 years, 40 years, you know, and uh, that's what they're going to get. So I'm pretty, pretty happy for, for them, pretty happy for me and for us, you know, because uh, we're kind of vindicated. We are the old head of the, the old guard of the, of the kickboxing and Muay Thai fans. So so yeah in all accounts that that's great it it means the world to me it means the world
2: Yeah it's crazy to what being an old fan obviously uh you even more so than me but you know I started in the I think early 2000s um Eurosport veteran you know used yeah. to watch the uh all the the, the fight fight club uh, cards club. and they used to yeah they used to show the GPs um, we would get um, the occasional pride card we used to get uh, heroes as well which obviously uh, owned by K1 also but you know the K1 cards you know Remy Bonyaski and Peter Arts and uh, Houston all these guys and you know and obviously Houston Arts had already had a great career my first kickboxing era was was Remy um, it was that sort of time um, you know sorry to mention it but you know Bob Sapp beating Houston it was that sort of time uh, when I got into kickboxing as you know uh, for a long time I was more of a Muay Thai fan. I was one of these uh moron uh Thai uh extremists. Oh I, uh, I was yeah 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 but you know I was a probably. I was a Giorgio Petrosian hater. I was a Buakaw <laughs> lover. Um you know um but in a strange way this is even with all those great names I just mentioned, this to me feels like the biggest kickboxing fight i can think of because even though the sport isn't as big as when you and i were into it and you know we know when it sort of went downhill sort of 2010 was the uh, last max we've spoken about this on our own uh, podcast that we did and then it's a bit of a uh, what should we say how's the best way of putting this this is like um there was like a cooling off period i think between the heyday of kickboxing and now they've clawed it back and this is um in Japan, a, a massive, massive event. So it's a, it's a huge, feels like a big fight, but also it's, it's really great that finally it's the smaller fighters. You know what I mean? This is, yeah. for me, the comparison I make um, is this is like the Mayweather Pacquiao of kickboxing. They've both uh, gone up and down the weight a little bit. Um, different styles and an aggressive guy versus well obviously tension is very uh, you know, great offence but he's more of a slicker guy than Takaru um, so for me I think this is just it feels like a big big fight what, what for you this is a little extra extra question but what for you uh, can you think of any kickboxing fights which are bigger than this in terms of the event no 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 no
5: no. this, this is the greatest one I've Again, I've been following the, the sport for the last 20 25 years and uh, I've done all the catch up I needed, you know, alongside Lucas with the fight uh, in the 80s and 90s, uh, maybe uh, I wasn't able to, to, to witness because I was too young, but uh, or, or not aware. but no there's no there's no fight that at that magnitude, you know, that that, that that there wasn't like a great event like that. A great event that would be followed by everyone around the world. So no, I don't. I, I can't think of a of a greatest matchup that. that that's what, a greatest event. That, that that that. There was great fights in the historic kickboxing. great ones, you know, uh, one that that were anticipated and and things like that. But nothing nothing like that. Nothing.
2: I think in retrospect, um, the only fight which comes close is Petro versus Burakal. But at the time, yeah. it didn't feel it didn't feel like this now you go oh yeah it's two of the greatest ever and we had a chance to see them you know fight um but at the time when well, we spoke about this before um, when i wrote the book how petro's in article like yeah. it was only you and like a couple of people that knew how good petro was it's not like if they had rematched exactly. in 2006 2007 do you know what i mean something like that it's yeah. not the same so um so sorry if they rematched sort of you know after petro had won the had won his own max tournament so i think you know um it's comparable but this feels like a like a mega fight which brings me to my second question it's actually the third question you're going to receive because i went on a little tangent there but how do you actually see the fight going and who, who do you think will win not who, who do you want to win but who do you think will win at attention and takaru
5: yeah yeah i'll try my best to to, to not be biased about this but to to be honest from I started with Takeru from the moment the talk of the two fighting started, like six years, five, six years ago. Because, how can I put that? Tenshin has the speed. He's incredibly athletic. You know, he's, he's, he's incredible. And he's got enough power to hurt just anybody. I think he can hurt anybody not named Takeru. That, that's the point. Because Takeru, in my mind, that guy probably has got the, the greatest shin ever in kickboxing, alongside alongside maybe freaking Prime Mark Hunt?
2: Mark Hunt, probably. I was say,
5: yeah. yeah. Probably, you know. So, you just can't stop him. You, you you can merely slow him down a bit, but usually when he gets hurt, it's when things go sideways for his opponents. So, it's really difficult for me to to, to envision tension hurting Takeru. And on top of that, Takeru's got the size and the weight advantage. And he's way more powerful than than tension. So, well, it, it's it's difficult because it's it's a great matchup, and uh, tension has all the skills to win. The, the speed, the technique, and uh, the mindset is 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 good. What it takes to to, to beat someone like Takiru over three rounds, he can probably. But uh, you know, when Takiru hits someone flush, usually they go down. And uh, lately. Tenshin wasn't, wasn't uh, in the best of form, you know. It wasn't his, his self. Of course, when you're facing someone like Takeru, probably he's going to wake up something inside you and lit that fire that the, all the fighters are talking about, you know, that like this thing the, lit a fire under my ass and, and the, the, the talk like that. So I'm pretty sure we're going to see the best tension possible, but uh, I don't think he can pull the wind. So, yeah. I think, uh, Takeru's shin and size would prove too much for Tenchin. Again, unless he finds his old form and manages to, 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 to be like, you know, the guy that gets constantly in and out with the speed, not risking, you know, to, to, to sit inside and, uh, and uh, looking for the, for the hard shot, only basically being on his bike, you know. And, uh, he, he can win like that. Again, he can. I've been on the back foot and been in, been out, etc. But I think Takaru will, without the storm, will move forward, hit some shots, smile, like he always do, and then find the button, find the the right with him, the right pressure, and uh, starting to hurt the chin really bad.
2: That's the thing, not just a great chin with Takaru, but just a, he's one of, obviously I know you're, like myself, you're a boxing fan as well, but... Yeah he's a scary puncher he's that left hook is a uh is an all-timer as we would say you know what i mean and and the right hand's pretty good too we saw that in the fight with uh with leona Pettis. but that left hook is is a really scary one um a kick wise takaru not really known you know, He's he's decent kicks um nice knees here and there not as diverse um as tension obviously but the, the what you said about tension not really being himself my my concern is that um he is beating himself, but it's not the fighter that we watched for the past four or five years. He right. seems to be training a lot in boxing nowadays, and like you, I think he needs to do what he used to do so well to survive. I think if he walks into uh, boxing range with Takaru, it's crazy. Um, what do you think about the weight? Um, Takaru's having to come down a little bit. Apparently, he's only been eating one meal a day for about four or five months um to try yeah. and not have to cut the weight but like you know to make that cut a little bit easier do you think that it might uh drain him a little bit or do you think he'll be fine
5: i think he'll be fine because he's doing it the right way yeah he's got all the time to, to to do it the right way you know if it was only really cutting and uh yes he would have been drained come, come fight night but uh he's doing it for like what three four months like you yeah. said. So. Well, i probably. I think he, he's probably gonna be okay, and uh, I think he already figured out a way to to like maybe balance up, you know, the on fight at, at fight day. Because I don't know if the weigh is. is I, I guess it's the it's the day before the fight, right? Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes,
5: so he, he's got a no, time. But there, there's so a there's
2: a rehydration limit. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. he must. Uh, he, I don't, I don't remember. Maybe sixty-two kilos, something like that.
2: Yeah, I think so. It can't be over one hundred and thirty-three pounds or something like that. You know, it's nothing. Yeah, it can't be too crazy. It can't blow yeah. up to, you know, like one forty-five or something.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he'll be able to 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 to, to recover well and, and and be and be on top form on on, on fight come night. So he's gonna have that av- that advantage and uh, maybe. Even more because probably it it will make him sharper,
2: probably. So
5: that's, yeah, yeah. That's well, a, we won't really carry
2: around any extra luggage. You yeah, know what I mean, it'll be yeah, it'd be pretty. I mean, it's it's he's obviously done the test weight earlier on in the year for the exhibition, yeah. um, so we know he can actually make it. Um, yeah. It's just a case of what he's going to look like in a real fight. Um, I'm actually not making a prediction myself here. Um, on the other segments, I've, I've discussed um, how um i'm hearing everyone else's predictions and at the end i'll be asking myself uh, the same three questions but just as an aside um you and i often talk about um ways we would love to save kickboxing and that's not saying that kickboxing is dead or dying but we think there's a lot of untapped potential for this sport um yeah. it's particularly great when you see um obviously there's a lot of mma fans and uh we don't censor that word on this podcast because we love mma um, as I know you do as well. Um, but for a long time, MMA fans, they really loved the striking, but they really hated the grappling. And I just thought, like, kickboxing's right there, man. I mean, just, what, if, if you want to watch stand-up with more than boxing, kickboxing and, and Muay Thai are right there. So it is really nice to see um, a really big event for the sport. Yeah. I do think, and I do wonder, and I mentioned this on, on the other segment, um, is that tension's going to leave the sport. And if Takaru loses, um, he's going to retire anyway. So for the good of kickboxing, we should want Takaru to win. We should want him to pick up a big win and stay in kickboxing and maybe have some more fights. um, Because it could prolong this great little era we've got of kickboxing right now. So um, regardless of what my official prediction is, I want Takaru to win. I don't dislike tension. I really like him. I came round to him. Um, you know, Muay Thai yeah. fan watching him beat guys like One Chilong and Amnat. It was hard. Didn't like to see it. Surikim, yeah. of course, as well. Um, didn't like to see it because I always felt, and I don't know what. I'd love to hear your opinion on this. That Thais um, were a sacrificial lamb in Japanese sports. Absolutely. They were brought over to make Japanese look good. You know. Sort It didn't always work. But when it happened, and especially with like Wan Chilong versus Tension. Tension was a really small guy. Yeah. Well, Wan Chilong was like really like a hundred and eight pounds. You know, he's a really like he was a he was a super flyweight at the time, like one hundred and fifteen pounds. But he'd come yes. from a really lower weight class, so to everyone was going crazy. Yeah, Tension, he's destroying it. All. And that was about fifty-five years old. You know, <laughs> Sorkin, really, really good fight, really good win. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rod Tang, of course, really good win, but there was some controversy about it. So forgive me I could not get on board with the tension hype but I now do agree that he's a fantastic fire a brilliant uh, technician and such an amazing athlete um, but yeah I, I want Takaru to win I think Takaru, you know for us old K1 heads he's the figurehead of, of the new K1 and it's like in a way you mentioned like Mark Hunt and stuff Takaru like gives you that old feeling of what you used to feel like when you watch K1 yeah. when these guys just go at each other and, like, it's hard to describe now, but you'd have these one night Grand Prix where these massive dudes, and they wouldn't, you wouldn't be getting like point fighting. People were going to take each other out every single fight. It was wars on the regular. So, and that's yeah. that feeling that Takaru gives me, and I'm sure he gives you as well. Exactly,
5: exactly. That, that That's the thing about Takaru, you know, that uh, his career has been incredible, and in he's been carrying the, the, the greatest fighting organization in the world for me. Yeah, yeah some people are gonna say ufc or something like that but k1 is k1 to me so this is a legendary organization and has been holding it on his the, on the shoulders for the last 10 years uh for the first cafe Star event he, he had like a three weeks notice that uh, his super fight was turning into a tournament a weight loss above the weight he was usually fighting hmm. still won the tournament that's that's gangster man that's what, what a guy i mean gangster, so yeah
2: yes that's true it is gangster that, that,
5: that's stuff of the legends So So That's um, That's why You know I, I already I, I also want Takeru to win And I, I don't add But You know The things where you're gonna say That you came around Tenshin A little bit later That's the same thing to me You know Because I was really stuck With those wins Against one Shalom And against Amnat I was like Oh alright That's another Japanese guy Japanese kid uh, We're feeding him All fighters And uh, he's winning and uh, making his name off off their back. And uh, I wasn't on board with that. I I can't be on board with that, you know. And I spent, and Shunsuke probably is going to be hate me. He's going to hate me for that, but I'm going to say it. I spent a lot of time hating on Masato, you know.
2: Wow. Like you,
5: like you. I was a Wakao guy. I was, I I trained with him. (laughs) I trained with Wakao. I was in the camp. So yeah, Masato was the enemy for us, (laughs) basically. uh, I came. It took me some time, but after that, I, I became a huge fan of Masato later. so, But in the act, I was like, yes, still the same thing, the, the Japanese fighter that has the home advantage and things like that. And the extra run against Buakao in 2004. So all the things like that, you know. But uh, so I had the same vibes for Tenchin. But then I was able to recognize that uh, he was a special talent when he started to beat up the the competition he had and that was good that was they were good fighters you know but he started to 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 to, to win that easily so there was a a time in his career when he was awesome he had great fights and he was showing incredible skills but then he started to have lackluster fights you know so i'm kind of I've mixed emotions with tensions, to, to to be honest. I don't know exactly how I feel about the guy.
2: I think, um, raise an interesting point. He has now faced some really, really, uh, quality fighters. Um, obviously, you know, Rod Tang and Suikim that was mentioned because we were talking about, um, ties, but, you know, um, he obviously beat Murakoshi and and uh, Shiro a couple of times. Well, the second one, we won't talk about, wasn't very good. Uh, yeah. Rui Abata uh, destroyed him really quickly. That was when it wasn't so uh, uh, fashionable to do so. Um Obviously Suzuki rematched um, Recently Which is a really Really uh, good one I really like Suzuki In Rise And in his last fight Against Kazané People criticised him But actually thought It was a really good fight And I think Kazané Is actually a really good Fighter as well So he has faced A lot of really good Opposition himself And it's interesting Because um, Talk about Takaru's legacy As this legend Of holding up K1 It's true You know There's been, there's been Really good fighters In K1 and Crush But Takaru's the only Guy He's the main guy But tension is Very, as amassed a really, really good career, which brings me to the third question. I'm not gonna let you go after this third question because I've got to ask you. You're gonna have to ask you about some. We're gonna we're gonna go into a little bookeater chat in a second because why not? It's me and you. We've got to do it. Um, But if this is the question three, it's it's about question twenty for you because I can't help but go off on a tangent when I talk to you, brother. But when it comes to tension and tackle, let's just say it's a hypothetical. They fight fight a Tokyo Dome, and the winner wins with no controversy. They can win easily, or they can win in a competitive fight. Whatever happens, they win, and you are impressed, and there's no controversy. Uh Add that win. So if attention adds Takaru to his record, and he retires what 44-0, or Takaru adds Tension to his record, and finally adds that... Marquee win. I mean I think he's got some really good wins, but this would be the cherry on top. So the winner, where do they rank for you in terms of the all time great kickboxers? Because I think your number one of all time is is Mr. Perfect himself, yeah, Ernesto Hoost.
5: Yeah. That's him.
2: So where would this guy rank if they were to win?
5: All right, that's that's two that's two different cases. Um okay. if I if I start with Mr Takeru, if Takeru wins um takeru in my mind is already like top 15 okay he's top 15 i don't know if he's top 10 i would have to to do it again i did it with lucas but to to be completely honest i don't exactly remember my 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 top 10 but i don't remember takeru in it so if takeru wins at the minimum he enters the top 10 because uh fantastic career like i said he won, like what, like, what, three K-1 tournaments? Two, three, I think this is. Yeah. Uh, he beat every good kickboxer available in his different weight classes. And uh, even if it wasn't, like, the greatest era ever, doing that, doing, going in the and uh, beating everyone they put in front of you in those weight classes, like you said earlier, in those small weight classes, it's incredible. It's an incredible fit. You know, it's not the heavyweights when the the bob can like beat understood uh, on the punch or something like that. In the weight, in those weight classes, you need to be the greatest to, to 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 win consistently in the course of ten years. So, and like I said earlier, he's been carrying the greatest fighting kickboxing organization ever on his shoulders for the last decade. So, yeah, top this top top ten at the minimum, and I, I I'd like to to. I will have to do it again to see if he can crack a top five or something like that. Sure, but really high in my list. Now Tenshin, it's different because we already talked about it a little bit uh, earlier. But uh, like if we if we're talking talent, he's special. He's a special kickboxer, you know. And uh, but and he had some good wins. He had some good wins uh, in rising, Ryze, Uh He's got some wins, but but. He lacks the great names. If he beats Takiru, that will be like only one great name and uh, a bunch of good guys that are not like top names, you know. That's not K1, to be, to, to, put it simply. Rise is a great organization. Rising is good, but that's not K1. That's not winning K1 under those lights, under those, that pressure. Keep doing that consistently over the year in the K1 organization and um uh, and like i said is like what it's been like two three years that this fight has a, a kind of lackluster maybe two three years or two, i don't remember exactly but uh, something like that so if i had to, to 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 say a number i would say i i don't even know <laughs> it would be top 25. it would be top
2: 25 maybe i'm harsh probably do you think you beat probably. Rod? do you think you beat time? no you don't, don't think, think so. so? That that see for me, I think I could see him winning it. So I, that's why I already have him higher than you. So for you, you already think that Rod Tang beat him. So yep. that's really why you 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 said yourself, are you being harsh? I think you're being a little bit too harsh because I think um tension. It, you and me know, I don't care about the level of opposition in 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 short, sure, but in kickboxing, you don't get the forty three and oh. Yeah, I mean you said yep. yourself, he's special. There's definitely yeah, some. Really, definitely. I think some really good opponents in there, and some opponents that have gone on. We spoke about the ties that are at the sort of end of their uh, careers, um, but actually it's actually for some guys who have gone on to get even better. Do you know what I mean, I think about Shiro, who's still a really really good fighter, and together yeah, yeah. some really good wins. So um, yeah, I think there's definitely some some good things there um, from tension. Um, I'm a little less harsh than you. Um, again, I'm not going to answer this uh, question here, I'm gonna answer it at the end. But um I think if he would have beat Takaru, I think it would really what's the way of putting this? Any questions about his opposition, you would think, okay, if he beats Takaru when he's smaller and maybe he hasn't been that great lately and Takaru is this Iron Man, then you would go, actually, all the time he was in rise, he was the best. And I think maybe you might reassess in two or three years and go, right, okay, I get it. Similar to me with Floyd Mayweather, you know me, yeah. People always say Floyd's yeah, yeah. top 10, top 20 of all time. And I'm like, fuck that. He's not. But now he's gone. And I think about everyone that he fought. And I think about his record, what, 51? and oh, whatever it is. I think, you know what? Floyd is in the top 40, 30 of all time. He was really fucking good. And yeah. kickboxing obviously hasn't got quite the history of boxing. So if you had a beat tacker, I, I think I could see tension top 10 of all time, 100%. Certainly in terms of skill, like you just said, or his ability, is a freak. He's an absolute freak. Incredible. Um, Incredible. So it, that's why this fight's so amazing, because yeah. it's two very different styles, two very different fighters. You have got like the well, what's the is she is that phrase? It's it's the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Takaru yeah. is a freak of durability, of physicality, of power, of just you know. He is the archetypal Japanese fighter that when he gets hurt. He will he will kill you. Well, he will crush you. He is literally the MPK. But with um, tension, he is just he is a bit like a Floyd Mayweather kickboxing. Is there anything this kid can't do? And he's you know he's got it all going for him the the undefeated record and he was very very slick. And I think he needs to regain that slickness. But I think beating Taker would be a little would wrap a nice little bow around it. Um, But it's certainly a great question for me though. Like you know, I'm. I think Rise is a secondary promotion, but it's got a lot going for it. But K1 to our diamond, it has to be, you know, it's the thing that got me into kickboxing mm-hmm. and it's going to be great. I think this is going to feel like one of those great K1 events. Tokyo Dome sold out. Yeah. I mean, 25,000 yeah. for a, a ringside seat. 20, the, can you imagine tw- a kickboxing tw- event?
5: Tw- it's fantastic. You know, Lucas and I consider going, you know, that, that that's how great, the event is gonna be, and uh, I, I want it. I really want it. I won't be able to make it, but yeah, you know, Tokyo Dome, just Tokyo Dome, fantastic. Twenty five people cheering, the the, the the you know having a sense of the of the old of the old great shows and things like that. So that's awesome. But uh, yeah, about tension again, you're you're raising some good points. I'm, I'm probably too harsh, you know. I I know that. I probably know that. Just like you know, you probably you, you were. Probably too harsh on some on some of them fighters. front with whether on other guys. Or so, Yeah, Patrosin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the same. You know, to me, the greatest example of a guy I was harsh and I finally loved that guy is on this hour. Oh, on this right. hour, I, I thought he was, you know, maybe he's. He beating
2: everyone you loved. That's why.
5: Exactly, but when when I met him and when I saw him fight live. In the slam, uh, you know th- those uh, events uh, were Netherlands versus Thailand, and he fought yep. Uri mess and I saw him, and then I talked to him afterwards. I was like, this guy is the kindest human being ever, and he's so good. <laughs> when you see him fight, he's so good. So yeah, he, he won me over, and I was like, I need to be better at my fighting, I- I assessing fighters, you know, and uh, I'm here like. 15 years later, and I still have a hard time because this, this is when you're, you're passionate about the sport. And uh, I'm, I'm still passionate. And um, I really love watching tension. you know. Uh, when he fought Rui Ebata, I spent maybe an hour hyping Ebata. Uh, to my friends, I was like, You should watch that fight. You know, Ebata is really good. Uh, he gave him some problem, and Tenshin completely trustes him like around, yeah, in a few minutes. I was, they, they come at me like, Baba, what the fuck? I was like, He's a good fighter, he's a really good fighter, but tension. yeah, he's, he's a freak. I don't know what to say. He's a freak, <laughs> I really don't know what to say. He was standing on him, so so yeah, he's awesome, and uh, he will be very high in my list the thing is i don't do well with the rankings any type of rankings i'm not good at that i i, I recognize that because he's way better than me and rankings you know because has all kinds of rankings he's a crazy guy <laughs> i'm not well you guys, like the,
2: you guys have done the podcast um or obviously before on different weight classes and different yeah. rankings all-time rankings and all sorts yeah. so don't put yourself down too much i know for a fact that you've done them um, and, uh, you know, I know you've been constantly threatening the uh, release of English language uh, kickboxing podcast. I know that never happened. I'm really glad, obviously, that you and I get to speak about kickboxing and, uh, you know, and share some of these stories and opinions with the English language listeners, which is why even after answering questions on the match. Come on, it's me. I'm going to go on a tangent, listeners. I can't let you leave without telling some some book cow stories. Jimmy, you know mean? come on. It's the last, the last great era of kickboxing. You were in. Were you in the? Was it? Was it the Benchamec, uh gym at that point? Was that what camp it was? No, no, no. I went.
5: Uh, I went in 2004 and
1: 2006. Wow. So, uh,
5: so cool that was pr- the popular Pram- Pram- gym. Yeah, yeah, Pram- and Pram- uh, oh. yeah, yeah. At first, I, I didn't. The first time I went there, it wasn't for for Bokao. I knew. I knew about him a little bit. So 2004, you said, yeah. Yeah, 2004 and it's that was before so he won match. that was before he won the he, his wow. first grand prix so i went there because of nam saknoy i'm a great fan of nam saknoy you know yeah, uh, to me was as the as greatest nice well. yeah. yeah 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 so i went there to train with him and uh and talk with him so i did that and there was some but I, I made work out there and uh people out there were saying to me you know he's fighting kickboxing so he's not that great that was the the talk of the ties you know he's not good enough to, to 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 fight in the lumpini which is not very true at the time because a lot of people forget it that like, Boka was a lightweight just a, just like Namsaknoi and Namsaknoi was the champion of the lumpini in the lightweight class so that's why Boca couldn't go high on the rankings that because like his, uh, his his brother his big brother basically was the champion of the weight class so and Mr, pa- Mr. Pramuk decided you know that Boka should go fight overseas get some weight and fight overseas the plan was for him to fight like in france and you know places like that but then mr ingram of the ingram gym in japan contacted mr pramuk and said we need a fighter so baka went there fought win won against the thai then beat jordan thai and then the rest is story. but it's kind of an accident. So the first time, I don't really talked about, I don't really talked with Boakar, you know, because he was in his room, he was goofy. He was really goofy, you know, with his, with his friends, uh, Saishon, uh, Saishon Paparamouk and Shokdi. And uh, then I went in 2006 because my my coach at the time was planning a France versus Thailand event. And he was planning to bring Shokdi Paparamuk. Who was a former lupini stadium champion and session to fight against uh, some of him, some of my teammates but then baka was the champion baka was a star at that point and but he lost in 2005 and he was preparing himself to to the championship and to win again uh, some months later so uh, i witnessed how he was training in the boxing department because he's working his boxing was lacking at the time and he was working very hard on his punches like crazy he was working so hard and uh, that was great to see and we got to interact a lot this time because uh we are trying to give him advices i'm not the greatest boxer in there to be to tell, to be honest but uh i knew about boxing i knew about the footwork so that's kind of like how we were helping him, Nobu was helping everything like that. So the second experience was was very good, and uh, I was fully on board. I was fully on board. I was. I considering I considered myself a Pramuk fighter, even though I never fought for them. But I was considering. I was part of the team. I was. I have a good relation, or a good relationship with Mr. Pramuk and things like that. So yeah, that was that was great. That was great times and. Uh, Boko is a great guy, you know. He's a fun guy. He's a very goofy guy, you know. He likes to to, to, to laugh a lot, and uh, also he's a very simple guy. But you know, you, you you could see the tensions were starting to boil, him, to, to boil with, between him and his boss, and uh, something was wrong. He knew he was kind of being robbed, so. But I never imagined what was going on after. That was going to happen. You know, like Buakaw leaving and all the stuff that went in Thailand about it, etc. So, so yeah, I Boc- is 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 great to be around. That's pretty much what uh, what I have to say about it.
2: <laughs> What's amazing is um, you know, that shows you know the OG you are that you know you even got to to see and meet account before even won the Max. was, you know, for most of us. Um, you know, as you know, I've been into Muay Thai since, what, 2008, 2009. First time I went to Thailand was 2009. Um, yeah. And my first introduction to Buakal was the Max when he when he won. And this guy turns up. And as far as I know, one of the reasons K1 brought him over was because they wanted someone that looked like a Thai fighter. They wanted someone that looked the part. You know, he's big kicks. He looks like a guy from the village. Obviously, has got very dark skin. He looks like... At that point, K1, it, Max, it was like it was like a street fighter tournament. He had all these different personalities. And he looked like a character from a game. I don't think they expected him to turn up and kick Masato's ass. And that's the thing. Burkow turned up and you look at this guy and you go, this guy's special. And like you said, yes, he was not able to win the Lumpini title. I think for a long time, a lot of us thought, and I'm, I'm also guilty of this, that... He only went to K1 because he wasn't able to make it. That's not true. Yeah. He was an Omnoi, Omnoi Stadium champion, which yeah. is like the prospect championship. That's like winning. the. That's like this guy's ready for Roger Damnone or Lumpini. And he was top ranked, uh, I think, ranked number three in Lumpini Stadium, which is a really amazing achievement, um, especially in, in that time. Um, so I think you know for a fact, and you mentioned this earlier, What's really interesting in this information uh, age is that a lot of the things that you and I would have read on forums in the early 2000s and maybe the early 2010s um, and certainly in the mid 2000s, a lot of it was gossip and a lot of it yeah. was incorrect information. We've learned a lot more. And um, now with like, YouTube, people get interviewed and more interviews taking place. I think we've learned a lot more about the sport um, in the last maybe five to six years and really got the information more accurate and we um we're almost learning about our own era more now than we than we knew then would you would you agree with that yeah yeah totally, totally. i think um it was still fun it was an amazing era there was something about like you know that early internet time when you were able to log on and sort of find out information about fights and fighters i mean f- for you you used to didn't you used to like stream k1 like even in the early 2000s
5: yeah yeah i I used to i used to do that but uh the quality was not uh was not there no so it was kind of difficult but uh i was able to 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 pull something not not that bad yeah but uh yeah, the experience was really different today even well, yeah sometimes difficult because of the japanese broadcast but uh somebody there's always someone managing to to, to find a, a, a great stream today is kind of easy to, to to follow the spot so
2: Well, that's what we're going to get to at the end of this little segment because at time of recording, um, the 22nd of May, uh, we're two weeks out from the fight, and we have no broadcaster, no international broadcaster. The Abama PPV is apparently not going to be purchasable outside of Japan. Um, Apparently, they're pretty hot on VPNs, so hopefully someone can find a way to uh get us a good quality stream because the whole card is insane um just had it announced this week that masaki noiri is going to be on the card as well which is again yeah. just a, you know true love of all of us uh, uh kb fans so that's great as well but you and me we'd gladly pay for the card i mean i'd fucking gladly pay 100 bucks for this card if i can get a hd stream that's going to be on my tv do you know what i mean like i'm totally. desperate to watch this card totally so I'll pay, I'll pay. <laughs> of course I mean, you were thinking of going over there. You wouldn't have got a ticket, but just be in Tokyo on that day. The atmosphere is going to be amazing. And I think that's a really good way to end this podcast because it's giving me and you that feeling that you had during the glory days of kickboxing. And that's what's so great about this fight. But I'll let you have the, the final word. Is there anything you want to tell the listeners about your love for kickboxing and Muay Thai? Maybe about this fight, maybe just generally what would you like to send a message to the listeners just to sort of uh one thing i'm trying to tell people about this uh through this podcast this episode is that the sport has so much to give the,
5: the, the, that's a sport that always gave it gave a lot uh, gave some frustrations maybe but uh with this fight you know that's like the greatest thing you can watch in kickboxing ever. So if you if you're a younger fan, and you feel kind of frustrated when you when we as old dads uh, talk about the old days, like the greatest days ever, and we like and you're like, yeah, I, I I didn't get to experience that, so you know, or oh, they're lucky. You now this is your chance. This is your chance to experience something great, the the, the greatest thing the sport can offer right now. So I hope. I hope you have nothing to do on the day on the match because you need to you need to watch it you need to watch it live you need to experience it live to be with us on Twitter on any platform where people going to talk about it it's going to be a great day it's going to be a great day that yes. day and uh, we're going to be all talking about it and this is going to be talked for like ages
2: my god man oh, my oh, my uh, my heart is in my chest when you said that <laughs> about Yes, man. We're gonna get. I didn't even think about this, right? I'm so looking forward to this card and this fight. I didn't even think about. I get to share it with my friends. They get to share yeah. this experience, with you guys. We've been waiting for this for so long, and yes, you're absolutely correct. Beg, steal, or borrow to, to get this card. Whatever for the Americans it's going to be on in the middle of the night. So sorry, guys. You're gonna have to know what us Europeans feel like. For the Europeans uh, and for the for the Brits. Nice and early on a Sunday morning. For the Americans, Saturday night, no excuse. And for our friends, you know, the more east we go, the closer we get to uh, Sunday evening, I believe. But, um, oh, man, a Sunday morning to wake up and watch this card. And there's not one fight that can be missed. Every fight should be fun or meaningful. And what's really interesting, we it was really crazy. We were speaking about the comparison of Rise and K1. What's better? We think K one's better, etc. We're really going to yeah. find out the answers. What people that yeah. again? This is I can't think of a way to put this to younger kids, but this is like what would have happened if we had WCW versus WWF at the best. You know what I mean? Like oh, I can't think of a way to explain it to kids though. Like nowadays, like uh, it's it's really tough to explain because there's not re- most big things are monopolized now. So like. I guess for kids, it's like Marvel versus DC yeah, or some you young yeah. kids out there.
1: Oh, do you what mean? What I mean? It's that kind say.
5: of thing. Exactly. That, that, but,
2: that, um, you know, in our days, there was not not a monopoly on things. So we used to see, you know, you'd want to think about UFC versus Pride or, or, you know, WCW versus WWF. To a lesser extent, UFC versus Strikeforce. But the only way you got these things was one of the companies buying out the other. That's not going to happen in, in, in Japan. Japan a very strange place in terms of business. So this card yeah. is a miracle. Not just a fight, but the whole card is a miracle.
5: Exactly. I, I can't think of a better way to put it.
2: And our friendship is a miracle, man. And I'm so glad that I finally got you uh, on this podcast. Um, It's funny, I said to uh, your podcast co-host, Luca, he's the first guest that I've ever had on the show because Combat Chronicles. Um, as you know, yeah. uh, we worked at a big team before, uh, and now Combat Chronicles is just about it's my own thing. It's easier. There's no deadlines. I can do what I want when I want. But look at it. The very first time I have guests on, got to have two of my old friends on because Tension versus Takaru has brought us all together. And as you said correctly, I want it to bring even more fans together because. Uh, more fans for kickboxing, it just makes you and me happier. So, thank you so much again, Bubba, for coming on for this podcast. And uh, I really hope you enjoyed the experience as much as I did.
5: Thank you for having me again. It's, a, it's always a pleasure. You're a great friend. And uh, I can't wait to meet you, like you say.
2: Combat Chronicles podcast is here to bring you previews, reviews and a look at the rich history of combat sports. The only way we can do it is with your support. So please head on over to www.patreon.com slash combat chronicles. But of course, monetary support is not the only way you can get involved. Head on over to your preferred podcast platform and give us a five star rating and review to make the podcast more visible to others. Thanks for listening. and Back to the show. Thought Bubble was my last guest. I didn't hold out on Shinsuke actually wanting to come on. He's not done a podcast before, which really surprised me. I thought he'd been really in demand. He wasn't too sure about his English, which, like all the French, is uh, probably better than mine. And I really hope you enjoy this one, one of the true OGs. And obviously, if you've been listening up to this point, you'll know at the end, I'll pop up and ask myself the same questions I've asked everyone else, just to be consistent. Um, I've sort of held my cards close to my chest, although you will see, obviously, that rather here, that... So a lot of these guests I've opened up about who I want to win and maybe the little things that I see happening in the fight, things that I think are important. But at the end, you're going to see what I really think just a few days out from the match. Until then, is my main man Shunsuke. And again, if you go to the description, you'll see where you can find him on socials. And most importantly, you're going to find the link to the trailer that we talked about, which is absolutely fantastic. It's Shunsuke. So I'm here with my fourth and final guest he is a legend of the kickboxing game you he's laughing because he's humble but he knows it's true uh you mm-hmm. will know him best as shunsuke and shun how's it going my friend
4: i'm good doing great thank you thank you for inviting me on the podcast it's actually my 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 first podcast ever with someone
1: wow really so, Yeah, yeah yeah
4: yeah i've never done that so uh, i'm a little bit uh, intimidate, intimidated intimidated
2: but, uh, no, don't be, mate. Obviously. We've spoken plenty of times, so I'm honoured, mate, that yeah. you've come on. Um,
0: yeah. Look,
2: people that have listened to this podcast will not be uh, too surprised that yet another Frenchie has, has made an appearance. Yeah. So, um, Why don't you tell people a little bit about your history, because you've been involved in, in kickboxing, correspondence, highlight making... Uh, your amazing work with graphic uh, design over the years, and why don't you tell us a little bit about why France is so enamored with kickboxing?
4: Well, um, but you know, K1 started in the nineties, and um, we already had we already had uh, great fighters in Muay Thai. And uh, personally, I've known K1 with uh, Jerome Albanar. No, Jerome? Yeah. So I started watching K1 at the end of the 90s, but I wasn't uh, into into it, you know, uh, as much as I, as I was a few la- a few years later. Um, I was big into into football actually when I was uh, younger, so I started football, and then I got bored of it. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah,
2: I can hear you perfectly. Uh, My I can uh, hear you really well,
4: and. Um, Actually, one of my best friend, he was already doing Muay Thai. You know, he was doing Muay Thai around uh, the beginning of the 2000s, and uh, he loved uh, he loved watching uh, Pride Pride DVDs. So we, we we used to to watch a lot of Pride fights, and uh, he was always telling me, uh, "Come on, come on, come to the gym, come train Muay Thai." But I wasn't into it. I was more into girls, actually, and. Uh, <laughs> The day, the day I broke up with my, uh, my girlfriend, actually, uh, I went to the gym and, uh, I fell in love with the sport. And from then I started to, to go on the internet uh, trying to watch uh, fights. And it was really the, the early days of the, the internet. So uh, it was pretty difficult to find fights. Uh, I think it was around 2003, one like that. Yeah. So I started oh, training, so I started training Muay Thai in 2003 and, uh, that's when I really got involved in, uh, in the scene. Uh, I mean, uh, I found the, the, the K1 Fans Forum on 2004, I think.
2: Legendary, a legendary yeah. forum.
4: Yeah. So I found the, the, this website and, uh, K1 World Max was at the time it was the beginning, but with the victory of Bracau uh, on 2004, uh, in France, we, we were already talking about Bracau at this time. So he was already popular in France, uh, in 2004. And, um, I became a fan. I became a fan, uh, that year into K1 World Max, actually. More, I was more into the, the, the middleweights. Then I was uh, into the heavyweight.
2: That's when I... That was was a great tournament. Yeah. yeah, 2004. That was my first. That was my first max too. On Eurosport, I think.
4: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was in Eurosport, yeah, in Europe. And it was like a a video game. It was crazy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I said actually, just to interrupt you, I said to, um, I think I said to Baba Mm -hmm. when he was on that. Max in those days, it was like watching Street Fighter. Yeah, like, it was real crazy. Well, I, I was,
4: I, I knew Muay Thai. I knew how we uh, how the fight went in Muay Thai, and the uh, uh, slow rhythm, and uh, with uh, uh, no, with the rounds going uh, going uh, from one to five, uh, the, in- the intensity growing. But K1 World Max was really, um, and K1 in general was. Uh, fast pace from the beginning and that's what I loved about the about K1 and uh, that was something I was I never seen before actually so Uh, it was crazy it was crazy to me like people people were fighting this way Uh, as exciting as it was Uh, yeah
2: and And I when did you start making the the hollow videos
4: a year after uh after uh, i registered to the to k1 fan actually so so i saw the fight between uh Buakao and uh, masato and wow. uh, i was actually rooting for masato i didn't know much about masato but uh, i loved the the fighting spirit and uh he became my favorite fighter and i fought. Mm, there was already a, a few highlight makers that I was watching. Uh, Sudoraba, one guy named Sudoraba, I loved his highlight and I thought, mm, maybe I could do it. And it was the first time I started uh, edi- editing fights. And then, uh, I liked it. I enjoyed it and people enjoyed it. So I made a few Masato highlights and then, uh, more tournament based highlights. And people kept uh, asking me to do it, so I kept doing it. Then on the forum, I started uh, meeting uh, a few a few person that uh, that like my work. Then um, in 2006, I met a guy called Frank Mack, and uh, it's a German guy, and he asked me if I wanted to work with him uh, to do seminars. So my job was to do to make um, visuals, posters, and this guy wanted to make seminars with K1 K1 uh, fighters. So we did many. Oh, wow. Yeah, we we did we did many seminars with uh, big stars of K1. So it was uh, it was crazy to me. It was crazy. We did seminars with uh, Andy Sawa. So Andy Sawa was the first, very first uh, fighter that I met uh a big superstar so it was crazy to me to meet him, to eat with him, train with him. <laughs> uh we did we did maybe I went maybe to three seminars with Andy. And uh I met Ernesto Oost, Peter Hart, Remy Boniwski and uh in the span of ten years, yeah, maybe I met uh several One fighters. Uh, for the-
2: Remy, Remy is my was my first kickboxing love. Yeah because yeah, uh that yeah. was sort of the first heavyweight GPs that I was watching was Remy Zerra. Uh-huh. Um and I I know that I'm biased towards him. Um I've spoken <laughs> to the boys I've spoken to the boys and you know they've tried to calm me down, you know Remy was mm-hmm. not as great uh, as I thought he was, but he yeah. was my favorite. Um mm-hmm. he's an amazing fighter. So obviously you've been out to Japan to see K1 events. Um, can you roughly think of how many you've been to? I've I've been to only one
4: event in Japan oh party. you have only been to one yeah, event yeah, in Japan. No. I, I, I went to one event in Japan for the last Masato fight so oh,
2: wow. well, it get I went to Japan
4: that. but not um, not uh, I, I didn't watch an event every time I went there so oh, okay. yeah. but my, the event I went was the Dynamite in uh, 2009 oh so, awesome. so yeah Masato's last fight was an unbelievable experience in Saitama.
2: Well, I know for a fact, I'll tell you what is unbelievable, your amazing uh, documentary on, on Masato and uh, yeah. and a lot of the um, awesome design work you've done. You you've uh-huh. did work for the fight site when I when I worked there. Um, I yeah. brought you in because I just I loved your work. Obviously, we've been speaking Thank for you. years now. Thank you. Um, so, obviously, appreciate the work you've done, not just because it's cool, but for the sport yeah. of kickboxing, mm-hmm. which is why I had to have you on, mate, because... You are a student of, of, of kickboxing and joint kick scene, and I'm going to ask you the same questions I've asked everyone else, because what we're talking about today is not just the history of kickboxing, yeah. but the future, the present, the match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, match. versus tension my yeah. God Oh my God. I mean, oh my God. It's, it's finally happening,
4: mate Uh-huh We've been waiting for this for uh, what almost 10 years.
2: Maybe.
4: Yeah, me
2: we
4: were speaking about this the other day yeah. actually. I think maybe, at, at maybe. least six. Yeah, at least six. At least yeah, yeah. six. When uh yeah, yeah, when
2: the uh, tension at Takaru really uh So what does it, it mean stardom. to you the match? Yeah. What sort of um what feelings are you getting as as it, as as we get closer?
4: As we get closer and uh we get to know uh, the rest of the fights, uh, I'm really excited. I'm excited for um other than Tenshin and Takaru, of course, um, Shiro and uh, Kumura. Uh, oh, yeah. Of course, Noiri. And, uh, yeah, that,
2: that's, I think that's probably the one I'm most looking forward to. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. Shiro versus Kumura going to be crazy, I think.
2: And, uh, yeah. Yeah.
4: Tens- Noiri versus Kaito, Tens- oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, the club the is crazy, actually.
2: It is crazy, um, it is crazy. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's great for the sport that we're mm-hmm. getting this. It's great for I try sport, to explain uh, it for younger fans. You know, it's sort of like when I was younger in pro wrestling, it was always people wanted to see WWF versus mm-hmm, WCW. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: But I don't think the younger fans understand that anymore nah. because that was 20, I'm old, that mm. was 25 years ago. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, um, yeah. this is just, uh, even now, there is no uh, competition to the UFC, so we can't even no. say it's like mm-hmm. UFC versus Pride because or UFC no. versus Strikeforce because the younger kids don't understand. Sure. So, for you, um, you know, obviously you've been waiting for this fight for a long time. What do you think this will do for the sport of kickboxing?
4: I, I've been saying for a long time, cross-promotion fights are the best. Uh, it's the best possible fight you can make, actually, because. Because let's say some guys would rather watch Rise or some other people uh, prefer K1. Now we get to see the best of the best. I mean, yes. it's, uh, people who likes MMA. They want to see, uh, one, one fighters, one championship fighters fight UFC fighters or, uh, Bellator. Bellator fighters, uh, against uh, UFC fighters. That's, uh, everyone wants to see that, but, uh, of course it's, uh, there's money issues. There's a lot of, uh, image. Maybe, uh, some organizations don't want to fight just to, to, to get the, to get bit by another organization. That's why it takes balls for K1 and Rice to do this. It, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's awesome. Awesome. It's great. I think so it's for the.
2: I think it's, it's awesome, man. Mm, I agree. Yeah. It's exciting. I can't, I'm still All not right. going to, I don't know about you, but until they're in the ring facing each other, uh-huh. I don't think I have the belief
4: yeah. that's going to happen. I mean neither. It's uh, that Takeru retention fight I think. But first of all, I wish it was vibrant.
2: Yeah, and same, I'm, same.
4: Three uh, one is too short. And
2: so, let's let's, let's uh, stop there. Let's talk about let's talk about the match because that's the second yeah. question, which is and it ties into the rounds, which is. Who do you think is going to win? Uh, and and I think the rounds. Um, I think people think that they would like more time to see Takaru uh, mm-hmm. do his thing. But generally, he only fights three rounds anyway. Um, so uh, and tension sometimes gets tired in the fourth and fifth round. So mm-hmm. I'm not too annoyed. I, I can see that. I would love to see them fight for ten rounds just to see what yeah. would happen. But in terms of how they fight, three rounds doesn't bother me. But mm-hmm. who do you think is going to win and how? Uh, I think. I'm rooting for Takeru first.
4: But I think Tenshin has more tools tools to to beat Takeru. Uh, but Takeru, on the other hand, has more I mean, he will never give up. He has more not heart because they both have a heart, I'm sure. But uh, I think Takeru is more wants to win this fight more than Tenshin. In my opinion. It it means everything to him. Yeah. In terms of, um, as I said, of tools, Tenshin is more uh, unpredictable. So, if he wins, it would be something creative. Yeah. Highlight real materials. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. uh, But, uh,
2: but I still see Takeru winning. I don't know how I feel it. Is that, let me, let me, don't take this as an insult, but is that because you're, is that your K1 bias coming I from? I am biased, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I appreciate the honesty.
4: I have to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, always, always see the fight
1: play out. Mm. Well, Tenzin loves to counter, so he
4: might be waiting more, maybe.
1: Yeah,
4: on and the back uh, foot, looking Yeah, to yeah, more on back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Uh, I think Takeru will fight uh, like he fights uh, as usual. He will come forward, uh, start uh, low kicking, uh, inside leg kicks, a lot of tips, and uh, use his boxing uh, once uh, he's at a good range, I think. And then once he touches him, that's where (laughs) Tenshin loves to counter. And he knows the distance perfectly when uh, someone tries to box with him. Too much. No. He loves to yep. sleep. He loves to, uh, yeah, to, he moves the upper body a lot. And, uh, since he's been boxing, uh, I think, uh, his movement in the exchange might be, might be a problem for Takeru But, uh, let's see. Let's see. Well, I'm not going to comment. I hope, this. I let's hope see. it's a war and not, a uh, really uh, boring. I I hope
2: not. Wow, there is that. Um, I'm not going to make a prediction to you because I've told everyone that what we do is I ask everyone the questions. Then um, after I play uh, your segment, Luca, uh, Baba and Dogman, then I ask myself those same questions. So I'm not going to tell you what I think, but I will Mm. tell you one thing. Not what I think will happen, but I also want Takaru to win. Yeah. Because tension is going to lead the sport mm-hmm. and he has been fantastic for the sport, but Takaru, he loves this sport so much. Mm-hmm. And even if he would retire afterwards, um, I think he would continue being an ambassador for the sport, oh, Whereas sure, tension for sure. is ready to go to boxing. Uh-huh. You know? So, yeah. and I love boxing. I know you, I know you're a boxing fan. I, I love boxing. Yeah. Um, and you know, boxing is my oldest combat sports love. I mm-hmm. wish tension all the best. Um, I wish that boxing would stop stealing talented kickboxers. Sure.
4: Um,
2: but I want Takaru to win. I, I really like Tension. Um, I've repeated this story to others, but I'll quickly summarise it to you. It took me a long time to come round to Tension because he was beating ties that I liked. Mm-hmm. I'm a like you. I'm a Muay Thai fan.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and I always thought that Tension was being matched to make him look good. I of mm-hmm. course was wrong. He is a fantastic fighter. Um. And he has won me over. But I love Takaru. I love watching him fight. And yeah. I feel like I'm in there with him when he fights. So the fight with, with uh, Leona Pettis was, for me, it was he um, the he won the award in his podcast. Yeah. It was the best fight of last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, was
4: amazing. Definitely. I
2: love both fighters, mm-hmm. but Takaru, I mean, I mean, he cries after every fight. But, you know, the <laughs> emotion, <laughs> the yeah. emotion yeah. is amazing. Um, it's just because something it, it about
4: gives uh, it all, an He gives fighter. it all to that. You know, it's fireworks every time.
2: Of course, and he's one of the hardest punches. He's got one of the best chins. He's a reliable action yeah. fire. But um, you know,
4: I'm I'm making a trailer uh, for the fight for the. Moment. I know, I've heard. And really, really uh, dissecting the fights when you 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 do the editing, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, it's he has crazy power every time. I see, I see the fight, it's, I am still uh, in awe. Of the power he has for such a small
2: guy. Uh, hmm I believe I believe that you may be working on that whole lot with someone that we know, right? Someone else had some input into that? Mm. Cool. Ah uh, I thought Who our good think? friend from the Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh MJ. Indeed. Yeah, Indeed, yeah, yeah. I heard on, yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. So um, I look forward to seeing how that works out. Yeah, with the Japanese. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I know, big I know you, you speak, yeah, yeah. but
4: it's Shout cool...
2: Shout out to LJ. The best. LJ of the Fighter .net, and of course, I formerly did the uh, translation for the We Are Rising podcast, mm-hmm. which is I was always a really big fan of as well. Um, but the Fighter .net is one of the most. Beautiful uh, combat sports websites yeah, yeah. I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, I think um, that's really exciting. I'm glad. I know it takes a long time to do these videos, so I'm mm-hmm. really glad that you're doing a highlight for it. Yeah. Um, I should be. What done do you with think
4: about in a week? In a week, I think. I, I hope. Oh, brilliant. Over in a week. Well, by the time this podcast and comes it's out, it'll really be out. blow your mind. You hear me? Yeah,
2: I can hear you. Are you there. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you
4: it, think about Tenshin's recent recent style? Uh, I don't know. More? You mean more... Uh, more on, boxing? On, oh, okay. Okay, okay. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm not a fan. I'd rather see him use like, um, his, his kicks like he did... Uh, Four.
2: more elusive he's not very elusive nowadays yeah. he's, he's yeah. easier to hit box. I think right in front
4: and he, yeah he won a box but um, what do you think he will do in boxing
2: uh, it's difficult think I mean in
4: Japan like um, Takei and do a few fights there against uh, against other Japanese or ta- go... Takei has
2: impressed me honestly Yoshiki Takei has really impressed me yeah. Um because his problem was he was always although I loved his style in K one, he would have throw his uppercut from Road yeah. Z from the back mm. row of the arena. Really wild. Yeah. And he and he and he's still like that in boxing, but the thing is, the Japanese domestic boxing scene, especially in the lower weights, is really, really jam packed with talent. Mm-hmm. It's very tough even to make it to domestic level. Yeah. Um and my concern is if Tension had transitioned to boxing three years ago four years ago when he was at his best mm-hmm. I think he would have been amazing yeah. but he seems to be like as you say more straight on now um, sort of uh, easier to pressure I think yes Gomi is a lot bigger but I think you should not be getting hit
1: on a 50 nah.
2: year old Gomi sure. if you're top level pop I mean yeah. Gomi would not land on Rigondale do you know what I mean so <laughs> and, and Rigondale was maybe 65 um, So yeah. I think that I'm concerned. I've mm-hmm. loved that Tenshin's got the talent to do it. He has got the experience to do it. If you look at how the great Muay Thai fighters have transitioned over to boxing like mm-hmm. Samat Pakarun and uh and Sansak Mangsorin and Virapon and, and all these guys that uh that were able to transition easily over to boxing, yeah. you would think Tension Tenshin has got the experience. I always thought that Takaru would be a better boxer because I think he's just mm-hmm. you could take the kicks away and he yeah. could have a fight with anyone. Um, oh, cool. I wish him all the best, but I'm just—I don't know. I need to see more. Hey, look, maybe he's been—you think uh, do you think age,
4: age will be a, a factor because
2: of, uh, how old
4: is he right now? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. What age is he? Twenty. Twenty-three. Tension. He's older, right? No. Oh
2: no! He's, yeah, yeah,
4: twenty-three. You're right. Is
2: he 23? Oh, Good guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 23. Yeah. And Takiru so, is 31, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 ta, 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 yeah Takiru is 31. Takiru is 31. He's still young. Though, so I think Tenshi will still be fine. But he's, look, uh-huh. look, he's at for 23. He's had, what, nearly like, what 50 pro bouts and over 100 amateur bouts or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's a lot of wear and tear. So. Uh-huh. I like to think that he would do absolutely fine in boxing. I'm intrigued. I just don't. I just look, I don't want him to get destroyed by Takaru. Mm-hmm. But if Takaru could just win a decision, so they both go out with credit. But Takaru wins, I'll be happy. Maybe a knockdown, but mm-hmm. tension survives. You know? That's what I'm hoping yeah, for. But yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think we'll win. Well, I'm not going to go into that here. But so you think Takaru's going to catch him? Yeah. 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 Knockout.
4: Depends uh, in what round he he touches him.
1: If it's yes. in the
4: second, if it's in the second, yeah, uh, the big chance that uh, Takeru wins by uh, by knockout. But what
2: do you think about the weight? Because obviously and, uh, to Takeru is gonna cut. And Takeru will, ha- will have a
4: crazy gas tank, so he's gonna throw, he's gonna throw, he's gonna throw until he until tension uh, falls. So.
2: I feel sick. I feel sick just thinking about it. Yeah. I feel yeah. Like, like, oh, God, like I can't believe this is going and to happen. Uh, this is really
4: happening. We really need to find a way to watch it. Live, I mean.
2: Wow. I, don't I think know. we will. I, I think we will. I've heard some yeah. news not yeah. confirmed, yeah, that I think that it will be carried. Um, if not, we will find a way, mate. I mean, look, you said yourself, you used to watch fights and, and, and get on the internet back in, I remember back in the early days, <laughs> the early 2000s, yeah. with the awful... 56k yeah. connection with a dial-up, it was impossible. Yeah. But you did it, so we can do yeah, it yeah. now. 20- but we, we, we had to wait like uh, maybe a week. to attack. Yeah, sure. So we had to avoid Mate. internet for like seven days. You're crazy. It it's only <laughs> it's only people watching on on, on Fuji TV that need to worry about delays. Yeah. we'll be okay. We'll get it live. oh so there's um,
4: no, no no international broadcast. No, nothing like that.
2: Not yet, not yet. But I think there will be. I'm I'm optimistic. Look. By the In time point. this podcast comes out, we'll see. Once I launch my trailer and
4: you guys start sharing, sharing it like crazy, we might yes, we might
2: get uh,
1: something.
2: <laughs> I'm uh, Yeah, I think. So. <laughs> I think it's going to be good, and I can't, I can't fucking wait for that video. And um, by the time this podcast comes out, that video will hopefully be out. But we spoke about the fight, well, the match, and now we're gonna. Uh, the last question I'm going to ask you is a hypothetical, and it is. Let's say that one of them wins. Mm-hmm. Clean, you're impressed, mm-hmm. no controversy. Sure. So let say Tension wins or tackery wins. And you go, respect for the win. Where would you rank them all time in your kickboxing rankings? Mm.
4: All time. Pound for
2: pound. It's a big one. Oh,
4: yeah, yeah, because I have to think about all the, the K1 grades, uh, maybe four or fifth.
2: Wow. Yeah, I could see top ten. Yeah, definitely. yeah,
4: yeah. Be- because you have Ernesto, you have Peter, you have, uh, you have Buakau, Buakau, Masato. Masato, Andy, Yes, yeah. Because you can't really rank them with the other K1 legends like uh, Host, Arts, uh, Shield. All these guys were fighting uh, tournaments. Tourna- yeah, the tournament tournaments. Tournaments, yeah. Against the best of the best every time. And uh, for Takeru, for example, the, the tournaments, they were mostly Japanese fighters.
2: In yeah, weren't number. always the best. This is yeah, yeah. I agree. Do you and, think though uh, that this is in terms of skill for skill that this is the best matchup in kickboxing history? Like in terms of the the, the two yeah. fighters, is it the best, yeah, the yeah. Pacquiao Mayweather of kickboxing? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes,
4: definitely. And you know, style makes fights. That's what people say. But uh, for this match, it's really uh, this is the case because they they fight really uh, differently. So it's uh, intriguing, you know.
2: It's, Maybe Buakal versus Petrosian was the only one which was close in terms of skill.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I really don't know what to expect, actually. I know the style, yeah. I know the fight, but uh, until the fights happened we, we can't know for sure.
2: Uh, I find uh, it hard to picture how the wait. fight's going to look. Yeah. It's gonna, like, it's because it's such a, um, first a surreal experience yeah. to think that this fight is actually gonna happen. I find it hard to, uh, envision the, the I style. Hope, I know, yeah. I know how they fight, but do you know what I mean? I hope they don't freeze, actually. Because, the, it's a big deal, a lot of pressure.
4: Yeah, yeah, the, the magnitude of this fight it's so crazy. I mean, we can't, uh, imagine what's going on in the mine. So, uh, I hope, I hope they, they come out uh, banging.
2: Uh. What's interesting is, generally, uh, there there are some exceptions. You don't tend to see um, in boxing, uh, Japanese versus Japanese sort of mm-hmm. title unification fights. Yeah. Um, with some exceptions, so this really is like because not just the fighters and the styles and the history yeah. and yeah. the records. Mm-hmm. It's also this very particular. Japanese pride, you know, this goes into it, you know, they don't want to bring shame, they don't want to lose, they don't want to be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh. embarrassed by the other yeah. person. I uh-huh. mentioned Mayweather and Pacquiao, that was famously and a very shit fight. <laughs> and it's
4: not about the money, that's the thing. No. Uh, it's really, they it want to be the best of the best. That's that the thing. It's really the best against the best at the... Uh, Almost their prime, uh, because uh, as you said, Tenshin is lately has been uh, uh, not as strange. good, not as good as he was uh, a few years ago. But uh, it's still sure. a, the biggest fight in Japanese kickboxing history, in, in my opinion. At uh, the dome, what sixty
2: thousand people? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big money tickets. Yeah. Um, so what I'm going to do I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up But I want to give you the chance Because I don't stop talking So i want to give you the chance To tell anyone that's listening It's your last little speech Why they should care about kickboxing Why they should stay watching After this fight Because I think this is going to bring in A lot of people that maybe haven't checked out kickboxing before So why should they continue to watch After Tackle versus Tension has finally happened
4: Because this is the best sport in the world, I think. I think this is the best sport in the world. Uh, you have uh, excitement. It brings passion. Uh, I don't know what to, uh,
1: <laughs> to say it, but uh, this is the. Uh,
4: is the best you can get in a sport I don't know what, uh, how to say it but uh, these guys these guys, uh, they train like crazy uh, they put everything on the line it, and uh, it sounds corny but uh, <laughs> that's how I feel about it <laughs> I don't know
1: <laughs> maybe I,
4: that's because I practice it but they need to go to the gym and, and uh, see for themselves how I'm talking about kickboxing, but when I'm talking about kickboxing, I'm talking about Muay Thai too. You know, all uh, uh, stand-up uh, fighting sport. Uh,
2: they are cousins. They are as sports. They are cousins. They are yeah, so closely yeah, yeah, related. Yeah. There's a lot of crossover. Yeah. I mean, the two guys it's, we're talking about fought in in Muay Thai rules. You know what I mean? And fought Thai fighters. You know, it's it just they it's, are bedfellows.
4: Yeah. It the sport will always be uh, uh, exciting. There Will always be uh, uh, better fighters. The more we we move forward, there will always be a great fighters to see. So, uh, is it, is it why would they stop, or why would who, wouldn't they start watching? I mean, uh, of course, yeah, you have you have to love fighting, uh, and I loved fighting by starting training, and uh, that's how I I started to to watch fights, and uh, that's how I uh, I kept watching because I, I love it and. Uh, I will never stop watching. It's not because Takayama and Tenshin will, will happen; uh, the fight will be over. But well, we, they, they will they will they will go their uh, separate ways. I will still watch them uh, fight uh, if they do, and I will still watching uh, the kickboxing, uh, Japanese kickboxing scene, and other fighters that come. And uh, the Japanese kickboxing scene is the most exciting. I mean, uh, maybe outside they are the best in the world. Uh, in one championship, they have the best fighters. But there's something about the Japanese kickboxing scene that's so exciting, and it's always uh, they go and they give everything, every almost every time, and that's what I love about the Jake scene.
2: I think I think what's really interesting about the match. Is that if people watch the whole card and not just the main event, they will come away and they will have a new favorite fighter, and it Mm -hmm. won't be from the main event. They might see Leona, they might see Noiri, they might see, and they're going to love it. And that can they might even like Yarnman. You know what I mean? They're going to watch something and
4: they're going to go, "Fuck, that was so cool." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Who's who's fighting?
2: Uh... Let me get the card. Let me get the full card. Give me a sec. I've got the full card here. You cannot get this wrong. It's here somewhere. Where's the match? Here we
4: go, the match. So we got uh, Kaito the versus Noiri. Yeah, which was try... it's a Great fight. Great fight. Um... So my my it's excitement... If I rank it... So... First, tension versus Takeru. Then of I got... Uh, Shiro against uh, Kumura
2: it's a great fight. then
4: Kaneko against uh, Suzuki see, that's it that's the one I was looking thinking forward. Uh, we, we, we haven't got uh, Wajima
2: and uh,
4: oh yeah I can't see see you can't you uh, can against uh, Yamazaki
2: yeah Araguchi and Yamazaki yeah, yeah uh, I, don't, don't apartheid you
4: yeah. yeah, that's a sick card, actually.
2: <laughs> yeah, Baino is fighting uh, Wajima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's going to be violent. Mm-hmm. Got, uh, Kuroda versus Kazane as well. Yes, Kazane. Yes, yeah. I, think, I think Kaito versus Noiri is the one I'm probably most looking forward to, but that's just because I love Noiri. I mean, mm-hmm. you probably loved him for a long time as well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, sure. It means a lot. I'm glad that was added. Um, and we haven't got any, uh, you know. Thank God uh, we're being uh, spared uh, any like Kiyotaro fight or something. You know what I mean? Oh my God! <laughs> thank God.
4: <laughs> and uh, do you know Kaito? Shootboxing? I don't know. From
2: shootboxing, yeah? yeah. I don't know. I don't, don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, someone. Uh, Is it good? Yeah, I've been turned on to him and watched. Yeah, some really, really good, some good scraps, which I okay. think. Uh, Luke either um, sh- shared or spoke about on the podcast that I checked okay. out so yeah violent and fun okay great good fight for Noiri definitely good, good perfect I- I'm reliably informed there's about 20 Kaitos in shootboxing and this mm-hmm. is the best one <laughs> <laughs> okay um, this is the one thing that I don't really watch um, outside of old footage mm-hmm. um, don't keep up to date with shootboxing at all yeah I mean neither Obviously, Japanese kickboxing, yes Japanese boxing, yes Japanese MMA, yes mm-hmm. There's too much to catch up with So I have to rely on other people to oh. inform me so.
4: There are so many fights right now That's
2: uh, It's really hard to keep up And then, you know When you have live
1: It's
4: hard to keep up with,
2: uh, with all the fights You have live You have sumo on NHK You have so much to watch mm-hmm. And that's, you know Me, I watch you know, sometimes Russian MMA UFC Boxing from around the world. Glory when did. it's on.
4: Dude, you watch everything. I don't know how you do it.
2: Oh, mate, trust me. Compared to some people, I don't watch enough. You know Caposa <sighs> on, on Twitter. I mean, that guy watches fucking everything. Oh, I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> I try and keep up to date, but it's it's impossible to do everything. So I have to pick and choose. And don't forget, like you, I like to watch a lot of old fights as well. Mm-hmm. You'll never be able to watch everything. So you just got to choose what you think is yeah. is yeah. best for you. I know what's best for me and you, and that's the match. Takeru versus Tension. If someone said to me, you can't watch any fights for five years, you can only watch this fight, I would take this fight. 100%. 100%. It means everything. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm so glad that we will hopefully get to uh, talk about it on the timeline on Twitter Mm -hmm. and and share this experience together, me, you, and the boys.
4: Yes,
2: yes. Talk about it's going to be great. Talking of Twitter... Where can people find your Twitter, your Instagram, your YouTube? I mean, I don't know if you're on YouTube anymore, okay. your Redbubble. Tell us everything.
4: So uh, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Shunsuke underscore uh, visuals. Shunsuke, you type. You just type Shunsuke visuals on Instagram. So I put uh, clips, uh, all the K1 World Max clips uh, uh, weekly. And uh sometimes And you
2: get a lot of correspondence I, with the legends. People love I, your videos, even yeah, the colleagues. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I talk to them uh, sometimes they have always request they request uh, highlights. But I'm telling them that I, I don't always I always have the time. <laughs> and uh they are cheap. <laughs> uh they are cheap. And uh yeah, I do artworks you can check uh, my artworks uh, also on, um, on my uh, Instagram, and if you like them, if you want to get them uh, printed on shirt, so you can check uh, the link in my profile. And on Twitter, i uh, my name is Schunskaya Visuals too. And I have a link. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm uploading uh, all my videos on uh, YouTube. I created uh, a new channel. You just have to, um, yeah, just type. Uh, You won't find me on YouTube because of the algorithm. And uh, I just uh, started posting, so you won't find me. But you can go uh, to my Instagram account and uh, check uh, my link tree on my profile. profile. I will upload uh, all my highlights and uh, the next uh, trailer for the match. I
2: recommend everyone does that um, because the stuff you do is so cool. And uh, and I think it's a really good gateway drug to getting into the sport mm-hmm. because you watch these full cool highlights and you think, fuck, yeah. I need to watch more of these fighters. I need to watch more clips. I need to, and then you start asking your friends, who's this guy? Who's this guy? Mm-hmm. Before you know it, we've got some more kickboxing fans to talk to. And sure. that's what we want. We want to grow the sport and keep the sport alive. And, uh, and mate, I can't believe this is the first podcast you've ever done. I'm so yeah. honoured that you've come on. No, I'm really happy, I'm mate. Thank you. Robert, thank you. It's really good. We've had a, yeah. I had a great time. Uh-huh. And I hope we do it Me again too. someday.
4: Yeah, let's do it again with the boys. And uh, definitely,
2: sure. We get all the sure. boys next time. we'll get all the yeah. boys. Yeah, all the boys. <laughs> we were actually supposed—I don't know if you remember—we were supposed to do this last year. Yes, we I did um, yeah. the yeah. Uh, tw- the K one two thousand and nine. We did the uh, mm. the tournament commentary. Yes, and you yes. were unavailable. So actually, this is a long time coming.
4: One day we do it again. We do another event. Hundred percent. And uh, all the Frenchies. Let's do it after the match. Let's talk about the match after the match.
2: Uh, 100%. All the Frenchies and me, the stupid Englishman, Ooh. will do it all together. It'll be great.
4: Let's bring everyone. All the Americans, the Japanese, everyone.
2: Ah, uh, we don't care what the <laughs> Americans have got to say. No. Maybe the dog man. Um, okay, the dog Thank you, Shin, for coming on. I really, really appreciate you, it, mate. And um, I'm sure thank the you. listeners have loved it.
4: I hope. I hope they understand my English.
2: Your English is perfect, mate, and you've come through loud and clear. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. bye Just two dudes shooting the shit. And then there was one, me. We're well over three hours into this, so I'll try and blast through it. Again, if you listen to the podcast in the beginning, and why wouldn't you? It'd be weird if you just randomly skipped three hours in. Um, You'll know that I'm fighting a bug. So those three questions. If I can remember them. I've asked them so often, but it's been a little while. What does the match mean to me? The match means everything. Um, I think it's the biggest fight that can be made in all of combat sports. The only ones I can think that people might want to see uh, just as much would be... Well, for me, personally, it's uh, Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk. That's That's the white whale of boxing. And MMA? I don't know. I can't really think of one at the moment um, We're getting Holloway Volkanovski 3 It's great But I'm thinking about fights That you know, we've always wanted to see Dream fights In um, kickboxing This is it We get some really good ones On the card um, Ones that I maybe Didn't expect to see I think mean, it's so great This crossover event But I'd give them all up Just for tension Versus Takaru It means everything It's um, In my opinion The two best pound for pound fighters in kickboxing Outside of Superbon um, So we're talking The two best of the lighter weights and two fantastic, powerful, pound, pound fighters, it means everything. It's brilliant. How do I think it will go? Well, I think Tension Nascau is going to win a decision. Uh, it's obviously going to go four rounds. There, everyone in the uh, everyone in attendance um, and all the people watching at home, we love an arbitrary fourth round in Japanese kickboxing, so it probably will go a fourth round. Um, I think I think ten- Tension is going to win. I think that. Um, We've all talked about it in these in these uh, interviews that I've conducted here that um, maybe tension quite hasn't been quite at his best. If that's true, given the opposition he's fighting, that's scary. It's one thing we didn't really mention. If he is being in sort of first and second gear, not really going into that excellent uh, you know speedy kicking game that we used to see out of him, um, and he's still beating the fighters that he's beating, Kazunae Suzuki Shiro. It's unbelievable. And if you think that he's not going to really turn it up for this fight, he's going to. He's going to be his absolute best. I think he's going to be too fast. I think Takaru is going to struggle with the southpaw, even though he's done a lot of uh, sparring. He's basically exclusively sparred southpaws for months now, apparently. Um, so I think that um, I tension tension's going to be... I think I think tension should be too fast, considering that Takaru might be a little bit slower because of the rehydration and the extra weight cut. I think there's a chance of that. Uh, is it going to be a whitewash? Of course not. How do I see Takaru winning. Well, famously, the uh, left hook isn't the greatest weapon against South but it's not completely impotent, especially if you consider that A, Takaru has a really good right hand as well. And B, if Takaru can hit the uh, right kick to the body in the open stance matchup, he could just try and herd tension over towards the left hook. So I think he's going to have to use that right body kick quite a lot. I've seen it in the, we always see it in his pad work, but I think it's going to be a focus of his game plan. And it's definitely a case that, you know, maybe in that second round, Takaru starts laying on the kicks and clocking uh, Takaru with punches and, and sorry, cl- clobbering uh, tension with punches. And, and the smaller, younger man just wilts under that pressure. Takaru's a bigger, stronger guy and uh, an older guy. He's got his man strength. Um, and I think that could definitely happen. I want Takaru to win for all the reasons we've outlined in this podcast. I think it's just be amazing for the sport of kickboxing. I love seeing him uh, stay around. Where would they go? end up in my pound for pound rankings well for me it, this is the highest level matchup in the history of kickboxing i really do believe that i think this is the one um i've described it many times the mayweather pacquiao of of kickboxing and we're actually getting these guys closer to their relative primes in my opinion those two guys so yeah for me this is the one um i'd see him in the top five top three thereabouts i mean i'm not as um historically astute perhaps with kickboxing as, as Luca Baba and Shinsuke and, and the Dogman are, but yeah, obviously I've been following it for decades myself and recently got back into the sport, rekindled it with my love of, this, uh, of K1 Japan and Rise. And I think that, yeah, I think that they'd be right up there for me, top three. But we need to see how the fight plays out. Obviously the question is if it goes to plan and there's no controversies and one of them wins clean. So Tension Beat's the best and biggest guys ever fought. I mean, how could you not rank, rank him as one of the greatest full-time? If Takaru finally beats uh, the best fighter around that isn't in K1, then how can you not say he's been the best of his poundage for all this time, especially with what he's given up uh, weight-wise to make this fight? I think it makes it such an impressive win. So, But we need to see. you know, If tension just comes out to start sort of boxing with uh, Takaru gets blasted, we might go, well, hold on a minute, that's not quite as impressive as if he'd beat him three or, three or four years ago. But... Yeah, for me, I think um, this is it. This is what it all comes down to. I think this is the biggest fight we've made in combat sports and therefore it's a massive legacy-defining fight. And for me, not to have these guys in the top three or top five, and who knows? Maybe I'd even have them number one all-time uh, because you know, pound for pound, including heavyweights and that, is always uh, tricky um, uh, in terms of all-time greats. But that, that was where the peak of kickboxing was for so many years. Well, we've had... Plenty of excellent fighters around what we call max weight. And now we're having some absolutely astonishing fighters down in the lower weight. So, yeah, tension versus Takaru. It it means everything. I think it could go either way. I'm I'm leaning towards tension. But again, possibly because I'm being pessimistic because I want Takaru to win so much. In terms of pound-for-pound rankings, I think the winner has got to be right up there. I think they're just absolutely legendary status. And I think uh, we're all going to feel privileged once the fight is over. Of course, it might just be a stinker. It might be a, a head clash, a smaller southpaw versus a taller orthodox fighter. Boring in head clash, ten seconds in, fight's over. Might well happen. Let's hope not. Let's hope that the gods have uh, aligned to put this card on. Maybe not for an international audience, but the card's on. We had no pullouts a couple of days out from the fight. Touch wood. Just have touched my desk. The fight's going to happen. It's, it, it, no, you calling it the fight. The match is going to happen. It's going to be great as it has to be till next time as the patron sting told you earlier head on over to www.patreon.com slash combat chronicles for extra content and to support the podcast and please check out all the other guys if you don't follow them already which are in the description thanks for listening and look forward to the match